0: Welcome to another edition of Mass Matts and Ma'am. I am your host, The Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMMShow75. Um, joined as always by uh, Cinebite from Hellraiser and Kenny the Cleaner. Suck it. <laughs> Kenny the Cleaner
1: doesn't wow. say suck it. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, I don't know how to do impersonations of the people I look like. I just got a notification. I don't know if you could read or even read this, but Mask, Mats, and Mayhem is live now. So if you don't mind, I'm going to watch on my phone while we talk. Okay. okay.
0: Great. Yeah, that's good. Um, Why don't you retweet the tweet that I just sent out? Yeah. At Byron be Fever Ben Moment. Like
1: look at this. I'm home and I'm set up. I have a professional microphone. So anyway, you guys, you ever notice how... The difference between like men and women and stuff and you know a funny thing happened to me on the store today when i was on the way to the store you know what i mean
2: what's up guys this is casey at lucha gringo how's it going i accept no imitations is that is that what i said i don't know look if you if you're sad enough to
0: imitate me your life's in a horrible place that's all i'm saying all right so first of all Shout-outs to anybody who's at Comic-Con wearing this shirt right now, which is our man, the homie, regular Vampiro. contributor. No, not Vampiro. We'll get into that. Oh. He's definitely not wearing a Masked Back to Mayhem t-shirt right now.
3: Yeah.
0: Though, uh, though he retweeted me yesterday, so I might be one of the few people that he has not banned this week.
1: He retweets everything. You could say, hey, Vampiro, you're a dickhead, and he'll retweet it. Oh, no, I don't know about practicing.
0: that. <laughs> well he'll also probably like tell you to go fuck yourself i'm pretty sure he blocked a solid four or five hundred people this week oh yeah Yeah, it's a thing yeah it's a real thing it's a real thing Uh, we'll get there though yeah he's blocked friend i just remembered anyway uh jimmy v the famous at jimmy v what's his is that his twitter at jimmy v yeah, um,
2: you know Jimmy Valiant, the Boogie Woogie Man. He's at Comic Con right now. Not that yeah. Jimmy, v. Jimmy V. Jimmy Five. Jimmy's Jimmy got his He's got no. His last name is Velasco. It's a V, not a five. Jesus Christ. Jimmy but Five. Roman. I'm talking Roman. about the Boogie Woogie Man, who's at Comic Con, going, "All right, all right, Daddy." I'm wearing a mass mats and mayhem shirt. all right
1: all right i want to man, give a anyway. shout out to jimmy That's five who good. hung That's out good. with Jay man and i
0: to eat to chip my
2: beard byron all right
0: you guys are horrible people just so you know i mean not that i'm not but
2: the prison
0: all right you guys definitely you're hilarious um yeah anyway look he wore a shirt and then not only did he wear a shirt he was he was bold enough to post photos of him wearing the shirt, which is phenomenal and awesome and greatly appreciated by us as much as we're smangry about everything else in the world. We're never smangry when somebody is repping the show. So the bad news is he's probably there drunk and partying and not listening to the damn show right now to hear this fucking shout out that I just wasted time on since he's not fucking listening. But he'll I'm sure he'll be back on the show soon. In fact we may or may not be able to do a show next week. Most likely not, um, unless for some reason I can get him to do the show with me. Because I think these two guys are out, and I might even be out. So who knows?
2: I'm fu- I'm fucking out. I sign off on Jim as my replacement, but only if it's the boogie woogie man Jimmy Valiant or no, Jim was people. coming
0: in. Jim was coming in as Byron's replacement. I got W to replace you. That's disgusting. Yeah
2: that's disgusting and uh, i want to give a
1: shout out to w and his and his family um i don't know specifically what happened but i think he's done something cool recently uh but a certain let's
0: just say me said something but gave no details wow why are you just going to put him on blast like that and then not share any of the information that you just talked about That's all the information I actually have. Okay. I don't care about anything
2: Byron's talking about right now. What's going on in the world of professional wrestling?
0: Well, before we get to the world of professional wrestling, I do have to um, start off on another somber note. Chester Bennington passed away today. i would known Chester probably 20 years met him online through mp3.com. I don't know if any of you non-millennials uh, probably remember that site with me, but I used to be in a lot of bands and and produce and record a lot of bands. Um I met him through that website and then what was really strange is I met Brad from Linkin Park also through that website. And this was before either of them were really in the band. Linkin Park was called Zero. And at the time, uh, Chester was in a band called Gray Days. Or actually, he had just left a band called Gray Days. And he was, like, shaking tambourine and shit and singing backups for other people's bands in, like, Phoenix and Texas and shit. Um, So, when you know, and I was in some shitty bands back then, too. So we were just, like, people that were all trying to market together and do stuff through mp3.com. And then I moved to L.A. and I started working at NRG Recording. And I was the assistant manager there when I found out that this guy, Jeff Blue, had basically put chester together with brad and his band which was ended up being lincoln park they were called hybrid theory at the time uh, which is what they ended up naming the first album um when warner brothers didn't like that as the name of the band but it was really cool that like they had gotten put together these guys i know and then um they showed up at the studio to record the debut album when i was the assistant manager and it was like oh my god like this dude who was struggling not even a year ago, shaking Tambourine and Shitty Bands is like now signed to Warner Brothers. And I had heard the demos already and it was kicking the crap out of anything else rap rock at the time um, or what was later coined new metal. In fact, it, the, the term new metal didn't even exist then. This is like 99. Um, oh, yeah. And they, they came in to record the record and, you know, I would sit with Chester all night long sometimes and uh he was going through some he was going through some shit with his lady at the time and he certainly had his demons as uh it's not really a secret right now dealing with depression and abuse and uh things in his life and you know I, I don't really know if he was way into drugs or anything at the time he actually seemed kind of focused and more just kind of bummed out about stuff that he was dealing with with his lady and that eventually fell apart later but um i would sit there and i would have to babysit because you know i was the assistant manager while he was there all night long, he didn't want to go home. So he would sit there on this iMac and write the lyrics. And, you know, one day the producer, Don Gilmore comes up to my office and he's like, dude, what the hell's going on with Chester? What happened last night? And I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm in so much trouble. What, what's going on? And then, um, it turns out, you know, they had been trying to kind of find the balance between Mike, the rapper and Chester, the singer. And it turns out that was the night that he wrote the shut up when I'm talking to you line, um, that he's, super famous for now and like that was when the whole record just kind of took this turn and you know when I had left him (laughs) I had gone up to the front to sleep or something the night before he was just sitting at the iMac staring at it all mad and just like in this bad place or whatever and then like apparently he wrote all these great lyrics and came in and just sang his ass off first thing in the morning or, or woke up on the couch and sang his ass off first thing in the morning and started just creating genius stuff and it was good to see a guy like that who you could tell even at the time was a little bit tormented and tortured be able to put himself into his art as an outlet for, you know, what he had going on in his life. And, you know, at the time, I think it really saved him and turned a corner. And when I heard the news, it, it hit me really hard because he was always a guy I looked at like like that that was the dream. That's the dream, man. He was, you know, playing in shitty bands, shaking a tambourine and then all of a sudden somebody this guy Jeff Blue recognized his talent put him together with the right people gave him an opportunity and he ran with it and made the best of it and for uh, a good while was in the biggest rock band in the world you know and and that was like that was the success story that was what all of us out here in LA were aspiring to was was Chester and then you look at you know 41 years old the guy's only a year younger than me he's got kids um, and you know, he still succumbs to the depression late in life, you know, or in the middle of his life when he still had a lot to offer, even after getting to live all of his dreams and being in stone temple pilots for a while, which was his dream band, even back then. Um, you know, and he used to get mad at alien ant farm guys. He was jealous that they got to work with the DeLeo brothers at one point, you know, cause that was like stone temple pilots was his dream. And then he got to be in that fucking band, yeah. but it's just like. I don't know, man, like my heroes and idols are are dropping like flies. And Chester was a guy that um, he he's just a, a really good dude who just went through some hard shit and, you know, at the end of the day, couldn't deal with it. So my message to everyone is um, if you're depressed, if you're going through things, none of us are necessarily going to understand what you're going through. But at the same time, I hope you find an outlet that is, positive or a way at least for you to cope with it or talk to somebody like you know hit me in a dm you know whatever you got to do please i i can't personally handle losing another friend or idol or brilliant artist like this like i'm done with it especially not one that's a year younger than me Um, you know it's 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 too hard like these guys they're they're creative artists they're great you know and and he's a good dude too like he went through some bad shit and you know a lot of people can say what they want about him or whatever after he got famous but before he was famous he was a good dude and he always treated me nicely after that and you know i just wish the best to especially his kids and his family like you know it's a really hard thing so um if you guys wanted to throw anything please
2: uh i i definitely wanted to say that um i lost an idol this week as well since the last time we recorded um oh god that's right you know uh we lost george romero uh Mm -hmm. who we basically wouldn't have the horror genre today as it is for sure because there's so many zombies everywhere and he's the one that basically created the uh the fucking zombie genre himself with uh night of the living dead and you know he got he got really fucked on that actually um i don't know how how well a lot of people have read into the whole they forgot to put the copyright notice on the movie so it was public domain immediately Ugh. which is why you always see so many shitty versions of night of the living dead anywhere because anyone could put that movie out and sell it. We could do the fucking MMM show, Night of the Living Dead, and sell it if we wanted to.
0: We pretty much do every week. But,
2: yeah, kinda, and Byron's kinda zombie-ish, but- uh, It's the lighting. Yeah, but um, he, uh, it didn't make him too bitter, you know? He, he kept making movies, he made Dawn of the Dead, which is a fucking beautiful movie, Day of the Dead, which, Jesus Christ, that's, that's my favorite of his movies. Uh, and he did some he did some lesser known stuff that basically what I what I think people should do is go to his IMDb page. If there's a George Romero movie that you haven't seen, uh, watch it if you can. What sucks is a lot of the lesser known ones aren't available on streaming, so you might have to just track them down a little bit. But they're worth it. And uh, man, yeah, it, he's a big loss. You know, he was very sick. He had lung cancer. And he was in his seventies, but it still sucks because he's one of those guys that was like always there and always making stuff. Yeah, and I mean he's got a movie in pre-production right now. I think it was called Race the Dead. That's basically Night of the Living Dead meets NASCAR. Was the pitch so? Awesome. I well, you know, and I like
0: that too because the the thing about Romero is that there was always a layer of social commentary. Yeah, which is why those films work so well. It's why the current zombie genre when it's working well works because it's a social commentary and it's not just horror or to scare you it's trying to teach you something and george really tried to do that with those movies which is surprising
2: yeah and you know a lot of people talk about night of the living dead and say that it's kind of you know they talk about its racial overtones And i have teachers that completely talk about this but you know, uh, what George Romero did that a lot of people weren't doing is he didn't cast a black guy because the character was a black guy. He cast a black guy because he was the best guy for the fucking part. And right. any, any race relation stuff is in the mind of the viewer. Like it wasn't intentional. Like the movie was always like that, regardless of who was in the part. Um, but the way it still had the commentary about how people interact with each other in times of crisis. It's kind of a thread through all of his films until you get to shit like um land of the dead where you know everything's just really fucked up and you got zombie mma which who doesn't fucking love that
0: Uh, i've seen a little bit of that in my day that's for sure
2: yeah that that would be great and you know it's uh it's kind of cool the stuff that he's done he's given work to the best effects people in the business and uh i mean come on you watch you watch day of the dead now that shit holds up better than any cgi bullshit that you'll see
0: yeah uh, i like i'm a practical effects guy like i like some cgi but only when it's there to assist the practical effects
2: especially yeah. when you see it like Rhodes' death in day of the dead where he gets completely ripped apart by the zombies and they're just eating his guts and he's yelling
1: choke on
2: him fucking great one of the most badass scenes in movie history and satisfying because he's a fucking piece of shit through the
0: whole movie well and satisfying because he made a very delicious meal
2: he did and <laughs> one of them was a zombie clown which triple a hmm
0: look triple a does not need any more clowns just saying they
2: one already got clown. a zombie clown <laughs> it, you know.
0: um we do have a huge problem by the way We have a huge problem. I don't know uh, what you guys think about this, but um, I find it to be a very huge problem that none of these American indie promotions will make this fucking Kevin Cross versus Pentagon match. Yeah. Kevin and Pentagon get after each other on the web. I'm sorry. if If I was foolish enough to be a promoter, I would be jumping all over that. Like immediately, like you see two wrestlers of that caliber who and no one's gotten them together before you got Cross, who's on the way up and is in AAA. You got Pentagon, who left AAA and is clearly one of the hugest indie stars out there right now. And they want to wrestle each other and they want to either break one's neck or break the other one's arm like don't you just let that happen and watch the money roll in why is this not happening in the states like i hear maybe talk of japan or england or whatever what how the fuck is this not happening in the states like
2: anybody i don't have a clue? like why the fuck isn't bar wrestling do it when doing it when they have
0: both guys like yeah <laughs> please you know? well i mean i think well that was a little different and maybe you could see it like their next event was is already pretty much booked, but maybe they could switch something up. And then when cross came into that last one, he was a last minute replacement. Um, so you, yeah. you don't,
2: you don't switch something up for this match though. You, you definitely promote it ahead of time.
0: Well, yeah. and maybe that's why some of them haven't done it. Cause you know, a lot of people are already, you know, booked through summer into fall, especially with Lucha talent, because they wanted to get those guys before they go back to, to tape.
3: yeah yeah we've seen
1: seen fsw from that's basically lucha libre style because we last show that you and i went to justin it was kind of an fsw super show they had you had the lucha underground champ uh johnny window you had um
0: impact wrestling uh um, big time guys and even had disco Right, but you didn't necessarily have any mass luchadors, so maybe that's no. maybe that's the hang up over there. Maybe they're just not ready for that style. And you know, Kevin's got inns there at least, well, kind of. They kind of fuck him over every now and then, but I mean, they had
1: Tune and, and AR Fox there. True. Oh, and I've seen and they had Willie Mack. Yeah, but they, I don't think they they haven't gotten any AAA guys.
0: Well, I mean, you know, maybe it's a no habla espanol kind of thing, like maybe, but Penta books everywhere. Like he, he, and he certainly can get by in a text or DM in English just fine. So
2: I just want to know why no one books AAA guys because the office are fucking idiots and make it inc- incredibly difficult to do so. Oh,
1: we'll talk about their
2: office speaking in a second. It's fucking idiots in the AAA office. <laughs>
1: Do, do, we know, do we know any hashtags that have the word office in them that have I'm, been trending lately? Hashtag the office. Office stooge. Uh... Office stooge. I love. I you know I don't know what's real, what isn't real, and I'm you know it's almost more more fun than some of the stuff that's actually in the show. But I just love, and it's probably dumb that Johnny Mundo is doing it like politically, or if he's trying to preserve a work, but. I just love how silly it is that he's even hashtagging on a sign that Vampiro is hashtag office stooge.
0: I don't know. Wasn't that wasn't that photoshopped? No. Did he actually write that? Oh, he actually wrote that. That's from Mass
2: Republic. They wouldn't have done that. That that it's, was uh, legit.
1: It's it's just so <laughs> juvenile that I I I have to love it. It's amazing. And you know, but I also think like it's silly enough to where to where it almost like brings the situation around a, a little bit to a lighter side you know no right. it's
2: funny like um vampiro posting a, an extremely long apology letter where he just really blame blame shifted to someone else that he wouldn't name saying hey it's not my fault some other assholes making me do this shit
0: well like, so let's 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 catch people up for the for the people who've been living under a rock or maybe listen to the show and aren't on social media so they don't necessarily know what's going on um
4: Ooh, ooh, Look, can I do
0: it? how accurately can you do it? <laughs> Go yeah, for it. I mean yeah, well no one knows you're a stupid idiot. Well
2: well stop me. Stop me if I say something wrong. Uh, Go for it. Okay, so. Johnny Mundo and Taya are engaged. They're AAA's power couple. Johnny Mundo has every mail belt in the company, more or less. Uh, he's got he's got three of them. And Taya is uh their reina de reinas champion uh the queen of queens she's you know she's holding their main women's title so you know there's uh she's she was uh booked for a show i guess but she was booked somewhere else so they they're like oh, okay okay johnny's still coming right yeah yeah johnny's still coming well, can you have Johnny bring the uh, women's title so that we can take some photos of it for a photo shoot? Yeah, okay. Why the fuck not, right? So he right. brings he Well,
1: brings here, here's... Let me interject really quickly. Uh, here's an idea. Why not? Because promotion should have its own, like, its own non-road belt that looks nice all the time that they use for that. WWE has copy of all their belts.
2: Have you seen the shitty AAA belts? Like... They're, they're fucking terrible. Like, the only way that you would have two of them is if you open the same box of fucking cereal, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, their belts are horrible, is what I'm saying. Remember that be- that shitty belt that Cage ripped in half that Lucha Underground yes. had at first? Yeah, that's what happens when you have AAA's people make the belts instead of, like, topper belts <laughs> or somebody. But, okay. uh,
1: Anyway, Justin, continue.
0: Well, look, so... The, the, and this is where the story gets a little interesting, because the real question at this point is, um, was it Vampiro that asked Johnny and Taya to do that? Or was he just the one that received the belt when they did that? Because um, there's some speculation that he used his friendship with them because, you know, and he has said great things about both of them publicly always. Mm-hmm. Um, if he used their friendship to get them to relinquish that belt to them. And
2: you know, wanted- that makes sense, right? Because if Dorian's going to say, uh, can you bring the belt? I'm going to say, go fuck yourself, Pugsley Adams. But if if sweet, ha- nice Uncle Fester asks me, I'm probably going to bring the belt, you know? Um, but he doesn't really – he grew his hair back. He doesn't look like Uncle Fester anymore. It's ruining the story. But um, whoever asked, they fucking kept Tyya's belt and announced on Twitter – without talking to her at all, that they're stripping her of the title. And um, they actually, eventually this week, so so like, you know, this whole bullshit happened to them stripping her with of the title, and we're like, okay, we don't know what's going on. Maybe they'll just kill the title. AAA does that shit all the time. Uh, they did that with their Atomicos belt as an angle, and then just actually really killed the belt and never referenced it again. Did right. they
1: do that with the Taya Pentagon Junior intergender tag team? Belts? That was Sexy Star or Sexy Star? They're, they yeah. just were like yeah, let's forget about it.
2: Well, they they eventually like Pentagon said, hey yeah, we'll uh, I'll defend the belt without her, and then it didn't happen. And yeah, it's funny though because that you mentioned Sexy Star.
0: Well, yes, it is, isn't yeah. it? Why is because- it funny?
2: Cause she just returned and they're like, Oh, she's the new champion. Um, someone who did what they're accusing Taya of doing, which is, which is not defending the belt and no showing events. And they're also floating a story to the fucking press saying that Taya was asking for her own dressing room and like all this extra money, which she's come out and said was bullshit. Mundo says all this shit they're saying is bullshit. And you know what? I tend to believe them because the person or people on the other side are kind of known for being fucking bullshit artists. Okay. So, you know, uh, that's just the vibe I get. And that's just kind of what everyone has been saying lately. Uh, I don't know any of these people. I'm just kind of talking about the prevailing word around the wrestling business. Um, which was also, why the fuck did you give this guy this job? Uh, what are you thinking? And then two companies did it. So, <laughs> hey. Uh, but, okay, so now Comic-Con's a little interesting because they're all there doing signings and stuff, and nothing <laughs> happened, really. Um, but Mundo did have a sign saying, uh, goes, you know, to go say hi to the corporate stooge vampiro at the, at the other table that he was at.
0: Uh, because yeah, I mean that's the other part of it. Like on Twitter, you started seeing some some fire from Taya, whether you think it's a work or a shoot. She started from, firing uh, Mundo up. Too. And then and then Mundo started firing up. Vampiro started firing back. Yeah. And then abruptly, all of a sudden, there was this apology from Vampiro. Um was then abruptly deleted. And then that apology, yeah, was deleted. But Cubs fan screen
2: cap that shit because he knows what's up with Vampiro.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I have the whole thing, too. I screen capped it immediately as well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's uh. Eh, here's what I think really went down. And, and, and here's where it gets interesting, because as with most things in the wrestling business, I believe the truth is in the middle. Um, the truth does not 100% support one side or the other. I think that um, obviously, and this is not really a secret at this point, Dorian was in negotiation to bring Sexy Star back in um i've heard that there were some some outside influences in doing that and they came out of mexican sports nothing up here nothing wrestling industry related but i think that i've heard that somebody else brokered some talks between them and they opened up a dialogue and uh, they all decided that
2: was her husband in the boxy lucha commission
0: yeah probably i mean we don't know that for sure but that's that's the rumor and that's I'm guessing probably accurate. Why not? And Dorian being smart and wanting to to keep the money flowing in all directions. And also Dorian having taken shit from inside Lucha Underground and from a lot of other people about having lost her in the first place, um, that, you know, getting Sexy Star back was probably a good look, would smooth things over with Lucha Underground, would smooth things over in AAA. So not a terrible idea business-wise for him to try to make some peace with one of the, the things that people have accused him of fucking up yeah, in the past. Yeah, you know what?
2: Of all of the fucking losses, this was the one I was most fine with. How about bringing back someone I like?
1: Yeah, yeah but- But-, but, 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 but her, her sexy star is one of their biggest stars, and one of their biggest stars they sent to Lucha Underground.
0: Yeah, and your, your opinion aside, she is still some kind of draw. And he did take shit from EV dub, DJ, and other people, I, I guarantee it, about th- losing her in the first oh, place. And the I'm kind sure, of. I'm sure he got a lot of shit over our friends that have the wool pulled over as. His- their eyes
2: I, I still love them all i just don't get what they see inside well,
0: exactly but it's neither here nor there i think he was legitimately trying to correct a past mistake yeah um, regardless of whether you believe that that correction should have been at the top of his list or not i think that's the correction that presented itself to him i think that the guy likes money mm-hmm. so he decided okay this is something like you know maybe i stepped in it a little bit with the tna thing some people are pissed at me about that i stepped in it when i lost penta and phoenix and jack and all these guys You know, and maybe now I can write at least one of these wrongs. The problem, however, being that sexy star comes back to the table and she says, no, no, no. But I've got to have a belt. Yeah. And even that's not even a huge issue. So I think Dorian agrees to that. And she says, okay, here's my timeline. I want to come back. I want the belt here and here. Then without telling Taya what's going on, I believe they went to her and said, can you appear on this and this a date? because those are the dates that sexy star specified that she wanted these things to happen. And yeah. Taya rightfully said without fucking up her contract. No, I've already got those dates booked. Those weren't dates we ever discussed. I still have these other three dates for you guys. I'll come and do those, but I have other stuff booked. I'm not going to screw people over and screw myself out of money, you know, and, and burn bridges. Cause you don't do that. Like I've got dates booked guys.
2: Especially when you, uh, from what I've heard, uh, when you look at what these guys are making on indie bookings and what they're getting yeah. paid in AAA, you're gonna tell AAA to go fuck themselves. Well,
0: and I don't, I don't even know if it was a go fuck yourself. I don't think they were telling her why they wanted to come, her to come in, no. or what the importance of it was. I think they just asked her to come in for some dates, and she said to them, like, "Hey guys, I'm already booked on these dates." And then all of a sudden, because their plans are getting fucked up that they're not sharing with her, it becomes this issue of she's fucking us. She's yeah. keeping us from bringing this superstar back that we have to have her drop the belt to. And so then what happens after that is I believe that Dorian tells Vampiro, hey, can you get the belt back? Now, I don't know how in the loop Vampiro was about that because I don't believe he was in the loop in the idea of bringing Sexy Star back. I don't believe it came from DJ or Vampiro or anybody else like pe- some people are just s- saying. I really believe that this was a, a Mexican side of the border thing and that was brokered from some oh, other Oh, no,
4: I,
2: I believe that wholeheartedly, Justin. And I, I need to shoot a little bit. Yeah. I didn't I, – I was being really nice, and I didn't ask our guests about this when they were on, and they said differently. But I think Sexy Star was promised the Lucha Underground title to stay there because uh, when she lost the Gift of the Gods title, she was – crying a lot yeah and people in the audience were like wait are you retiring because there was like word about her oh, retiring, he and she was telling yeah. everyone that yeah she was done well to she told fair, a bunch of our friends
1: to be fair that was lining up in real time with her drama with AAA, a and, and her and wanting to do the boxing how it works a hundred percent when AAA was firing you like we didn't know about phoenix you know, we didn't know about Jack, like they've been saying or Pentagon, they've been saying nonstop, these guys are cool. They're going to stay in Lucha Underground, but still, we don't know hundred percent for sure, you know, you're still a little uneasy. And that was at the very beginning of when someone would leave AAA and we didn't know what was in their filming Lucha Underground. So there was a lot going on. I think that she was, she was destined for that title. When the show was during the inception of the show.
0: Well, look, I'm not going to fault any worker, whether they're my favorite worker or not, for trying to get theirs. And kudos to her if she was able to actually get what she wants. She was able to quit AAA for a certain amount of time and not have it affect her status in Lucha Underground or with boxing or with whatever else she wanted to do. And then she was able to come back in on her own terms. I, I can't fault her so much in this the 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 bad part of it i think is that taya somehow becomes a victim in this situation and where it gets really really fucked up is the vampiro part of it because taya and vampiro have always been friends like you've heard the guy say things and offer up things about her that he doesn't say about anyone else because he genuinely cares about her and thinks that she's a hard worker and that she's gotten to where she is because she deserves it and i've never ever once heard anything from Vampiro about Taya, whether it was behind the scenes or in front of the cameras or anywhere, that wasn't completely in awe of her as a performer. Until so, this
3: week. Until None this week. And He's so what happens is-
0: About her and Johnny Mundo. Well, so, but I think the, the problem here is Vampiro thought that doing his job and getting the belt back and helping with this sexy star thing as part of talent relations was his duty, but the problem is, it sounds like he was the direct person responsible for pulling the wool over Taya's eyes about how it was going down. He didn't go to her and say, hey, I need you to drop the belt to Sexy Star. No, he didn't go to her and say, hey, uh, Sexy Star is coming back, we need you to relinquish the belt and do some kind of work so this thing happens. Or maybe he did. I don't know what it sounds like happened was that he went to Johnny and said, Hey, can you bring Taya's belt by because the company wants to use it for something. And then whether he was in on it or not, he was the one that received the belt and passed it over to Dorian. And then that belt shows up on sexy star. Uh, and that is a screw job. That is a classic yeah. grade a wrestling this is, screw job. This and is vampiro of- sadly was in the middle of it and on the wrong side. And I'm a mark for the guy. You know right. I'm a mark for the guy. There's three wrestlers whose shirts I have from before, you know, the modern era of wrestling. They are Tommy Dreamer, Junkyard Dog, and Vampiro. I don't buy a whole lot of performers shirts. Like I have a Shane Strickland shirt. I have a Brock Lesnar shirt. You know, I don't have a ton of stuff from people. I'm a mark for Vampiro. I still like the guy, good, bad, ugly, and different. Even in this situation, like I still hope he comes out okay. But he does have to accept the culpability that he has in this scenario if, in fact, you believe the shoot side of this. Now, here's why I'll say that I believe that it is a shoot. Um, there, there was griping and bitching from Johnny and Taya outside of what you've publicly seen to people who you wouldn't have normally needed to bitch to. Now, unless they're working everyone on the inside and outside, it seems like Taya at very least is genuinely miffed about some stuff. And before the back and forth started with Johnny and Vampiro, I had heard that even though she was miffed, she was still willing to, come and fulfill whatever date she had with AAA, and was just kind of bygones be bygones whatever fine fuck it you guys screwed me but i'll still do what i gotta do and now it does not sound like that's the case yeah so i i mean i guess we'll see mundo has mundo officially quit um no all the belts no Um, he hasn't right
2: he's advertised for a show on tuesday so we'll find out then
1: He's doing it well. Yeah, he's doing. And they're setting their Triple Mania card Tuesday. Are are they not? Yeah, there's a press conference, but but aren't they? Why I think it's you know why I think it's a shoot
2: because what? it makes AAA look really fucking stupid. Like everything else they do is a shoot, and yeah. as a work, they try to present themselves as this pristine, uh, this pristine company full of tradition. And uh, and doing the right thing. And part of tradition is having a championship lineage that isn't soiled by a bunch of fucking vacating the title and, you know, all this stuff. So
0: now if it it is a work, if it if it is a work and it would be genius if it was, if it's a work, it is coming from DJ and Vampiro. I guarantee it if yeah. it's a work
1: well here's something to that i was reading i think it's cult icon uh he wrote a blog about this and one point he really brought up is that vampiro borrows a lot creatively um, or the from the mindset of Vinny russo
0: vince russo yeah i get it and vince russo wouldn't be above doing a, a work this deep yeah and, and, and really trying to build some buzz and look honestly if this is a work this is not bad for AAA. as much as it may soil their image their image is already soiled with all of us real fans, like they're not getting it back, especially on this side of the border, guys, and honestly, on that side of the border, did this really fuck anything up? No, they got sexy star back, but yeah, and, and also this thing is you drama guys are missing and the cool. thing that
2: cult icon is fucking missing is this is a company that barely has a fucking website they're not gonna be working
0: the internet like if it's Vamp- you know, if it's vampiro, yeah. If it's Here's Vampiro the- in it with Taya and Johnny and maybe DJ helping them massage it and figure out how to do it, it 100% could be a work. The thing, you look at the end result,
1: and you have the the players in this drama, this fuck-up that's going on, and you go, these people are mad at each other. What's going to happen when they're near each other? And right now, you have a Comic-Con at San Diego, and you're like, you everyone almost wants to be there so you can see what's going to happen if johnny mundo Taya, and vampiro cross paths right and so we're coming up setting a card for triple mania we're doing stuff we're basically all the players here are in triple a and they can do something with them they can make money off of them all the, all the drama beforehand all the oh. drama be- beforehand is like someone leaves pentagon got fucked off his brother yeah. Fiend got fucked off. What are you going to do with that? You can't make money off of that. You can't actually do anything about that in your show. So we're, in my, my opinion on this, it's I don't know. And I don't think I'm going to know for sure what's going on. But I do know everyone here wants to make money. And you make money by putting compelling conflict on your wrestling program.
2: You know what? You know what's funny yeah. that Paul just He's said in the chat? What's that? Uh, Paul said that uh, if it's a work, it makes Vampiro look like a tool and uh, he's not going to book himself like that. That's that's kind of my best word
0: on it, I guess. Um, Does it make him look like a tool? Yes. How does it make him look like a tool? If it's a work, if it's a work, how does it make it look like a tool? Like he looks like a tool right now.
2: Because if it's a work, he's already coming out and saying, oh, it wasn't my fault. I did it for somebody else because it wasn't my job. No, like if it's a work, you say, fuck you. Yeah, I did it. What?
0: You know? Okay, let me me read this response. I'm going to read his response and you tell me. So see if there's any clues in this. My response to Johnny Mundo, Taya and fans in general. This is the perfect case of something that can turn into something very bad. When I took the job of talent relations, producing and writing, I knew for a fact that I would have to have thick skin because no matter what or how you do it, when you work in the entertainment industry or any industry for that matter, and are in a position of influence and have responsibilities, no matter what and no matter way, there will always be somebody who will not like you. I've also learned that if you are a public person, there will be more people who hate you than like you and you will be destroyed in public via social media and every other outlet available as no matter what, even if you were trying to do the best you can, somebody will be offended. I get that. It, I get that. And it's all good. I'm okay with it. And that, and I think that's why I continue to grow as a person because I can understand that sooner or later I will make someone angry. So I prefer to be honest. And that is, I am a human being and they do make mistakes and by no means do I think I'm perfect. I am only learning to do this job day by day, and I'm trying my hardest. I think that Taya is incredible, and she is a great performer and has so much more in front of her. I do think that it was completely irresponsible in how I went about the situation with her, and for that, I apologize. As far as Johnny goes, I have nothing but respect for him, and I think that he is one of the best pro wrestlers in the world today, and certainly one of the best ever of his generation. I am just a guy who is trying his hardest to do his job. I do not apologize for who I am, but I do apologize if I've offended anyone and I do make professional mistakes. In saying that, I do not do anything on my own. I always run things by my superiors, as that is the way things are supposed to be done, but I do strongly stand by what I am trying to transmit on television i am certain that i cannot make everybody happy all the time and i do realize that i am just a passenger on this journey and sooner or later i will be out of style and somebody will take my place but in the meantime i am going to continue to try to do my best and i am certainly not getting involved in a twitter feud work or no work let me finish it just so people yeah. have it all one place i yeah, certainly yeah. hope this clears up after. a few things there they're a great story there are great storylines and great angles coming up and it's not my fault if talent is unhappy with me but i am extending my hand in friendship and asking for forgiveness for whatever i have done wrong and i would love to have a discussion with anybody who has been offended by me who i haven't blocked because i can guarantee that you and i that i can guarantee you that i did not do it intentionally this is the last i'll comment on the issue i hope it's sufficient thanks very much great evening He's saying in this that I'm not getting involved in a Twitter feud, whether it's a work or not a work. Does that not raise any flags to you that it's like, like I feel like some of this is a work, and then somewhere it crossed the line a little bit, and now people who are legitimately friends who were trying to work something to compensate for something where they all got fucked a little bit Crossed the line, and now that they are working themselves into a fucking shoot. Didn't that happen um, a
1: couple weeks ago, where something Taya was saying something, or something was popping up, and people thought there was heat off of Twitter, and Meltzer reported something about it, and Vampiro just kind of blew it up. It was like, "Come on, haven't you ever heard of storylines before?" And he then he
2: yeah, but in- this is after he called
1: Taya Mundo fucking marks
2: on Twitter.
0: Yeah, and I think that that some of the, that yeah. back and forth on Twitter, especially with Johnny and Vampiro, might be where the line got crossed. Like, I think that maybe Taya did get handed a bill of goods. Like, She wasn't expecting to have the belt taken away like that, um, and it was because she didn't refuse to fight sexy, but she refused to give up dates that she already had booked when AAA had not tried to engage her for those dates in the first place. Yeah, And then all of a sudden... They're working back and forth and they're kind of working this thing where they're actually a little bit pissed, but it's not super serious. And she's still going to honor the rest of her dates and whatnot. And so is Johnny. And then all of a sudden shit gets real and other people start feeding the fire and other people are riding, going with Taya and Johnny in this fuck triple a fuck vampiro thing. So they're getting fired up and then vampiros starting to get pissed because people are against him all of a sudden from trying to do his job, as he says, probably just doing what Dorian wanted to keep his positions as talent relations in Lucha and triple a. And then all of a sudden there's real heat. Like, wait a minute, motherfucker. You are on their side. You are an office stooge. And he's like, wait a minute, motherfucker. You're really burying me in the public now for something that I was just doing because my boss told me to do it. And now I think the heat is real. This is where I really think it is. I think that the heat is real on something that was a compensation to get sexy star back. That went south because of how it was handled. Otherwise, it wouldn't have even been a problem. Interesting. Am I crazy? Uh, yes. I, <laughs> uh, With regards to this, yeah. I,
1: think, I think that was a phenomenal apology from Vampiro. I think he's really growing as a person, and I think he's adding a layer of. of he's fucking deleted it. Yeah, so why delete it? Why pull it down? Well, he's fucking Vampiro, <laughs> <laughs> but also, it also might have might uh, have blown blown up some some whatever level kayfabe they want to keep. I think I think he's kind of kind of gone off the rails with that. Or he's like you know showing behind the smoke and mirrors a little bit too much. Because if they want to preserve something, if they want to do something, he's already taken all the heat out. Like that's not how you do it. That's not. That's not how Jim Cornette sells out a high school gym. You don't act rationally on the internet.
0: All right, well look, the moral of the story to me is that this is interesting. This is Monday Night War's level of interesting of like, who's gonna pop up where? To me, I like this kind of stuff. This is real backstage drama. Nobody knows for sure if they're being worked or if it's a shoot. That's when some of this stuff gets exciting. I mean, sadly, part of the reason why I'm a huge wrestling fan now is Jeremy Borash and WCW live where they would go on air and clearly they would be doing something that was a work, but it was such a different work from what was going on on the actual television programs back then that it felt real. It felt good. It felt like you knew something that you weren't supposed to know. And that's the level that we're at with this. And I think this kind of stuff maybe can still capture fans, attention like this level of thing and i hope because of that fact that it is a work because if it is somebody has figured out how to catch my attention without just the dumb wrestling shows hey justin can i ask you something yeah ask me this is a this is
2: a point that paul had this is paul's question in the chat why is this whole work in english when it's being
0: done for fucking mexico I don't think it's being done for Mexico is the answer. I think this is being done for the smarks up here that are causing more bad publicity for AAA than any Mexican fans. Okay. The smarks up here are the ones that were mad when Phoenix and Penta and all those guys left. They're the ones that listened to Conan way more than the Mexican fans. We're the ones that all of a sudden glommed on to Kevin Cross when he went down there and changed the story about what was going on in AAA from penta and those guys yeah. leaving from the revolution to kevin cross because the smarks cared about it and the smarks are the people that guys like vampiro and dj who's helping them out from time to time are the people that they are professionals at trying to entertain as opposed to the mexican crowd What they see from the Mexican crowd and the numbers that they get and the input and feedback that they get from the Mexican audience is way more based on what they feel in the room and at the live events. That's where they're making their money. They're not getting the same kind of internet interaction on the Latino side as they are getting on the American side. And thusly, they don't have to appease that on the Mexican side. And it's just that simple. And to keep a wrestling program cool, to show that it is worth generating the money on this side of the border, you have to please Smarks or get Smarks talking to a certain extent, because that's where you can actually start to track the reaction to your product. That's where you're going to be able to trend on Twitter or track information on Twitter or see what's working or not working if an angle or a beef or whatnot's working the Mexican audience. They're happy. They got sexy star back. And they should be. That's probably all they care about. And most of them probably don't even know what happened to Taya. So, yeah, they're working it in English because the, that's the side where they can get more interest. And that's the side that gives them the ability to come and capitalize on money in Lucha Underground, to come and capitalize on the American market. That's part of the whole deal. That's why Kevin Cross is good for them. That's why Conan was good for them in the past, even though they that relationship didn't work out. That's one of the reasons why vampiro has the job that he has with them it's Uh to get to us period me you byron guys like us the three of us that is the entire point of half of the way they're running their operation right now and the way that many wrestling companies are being run and what's wrong with wwe and why they can't maximize their saturation in spite of consistent numbers why they can't gain more of a foothold or more traction because they can't get to us that's it and so that's why I disagree with Pauly as much as I love Mr. Pauly cross. That's why I think that the Mexican side of this isn't the issue. It is the podcast that's talking about it in the America. That is the issue. That is the goal. That is the work. If they you can know, get to you us, know, they've Justin, succeeded. You have,
2: a point. you have a point because I do think AAA would be stupid enough to cater to an audience that can't watch it on TV or buy triple mania on pay-per-view. I think they are that dumb. Absolutely. So yeah.
1: yeah i mean but but they also want to expand their audience it's never gonna
2: happen it's never gonna happen they've they've they fucked their expansion on their own by refusing to switch to hd cameras and getting thrown off of Galavision.
0: it's like (laughs) which is hilarious well i don't disagree with that but you also got to look at the whole follow the money thing part of this may be a planned distraction from the lack of a green light for lucha underground which all of these people are also involved in all of them every single person that we're talking about here is also involved in lucha underground and they're not getting a green light that they anticipated getting they need a public distraction from that we are amply distracted from it Weird guys. No, distraction. Two weeks ago, and it made the a big stink.
2: Thirty episodes of a fucking TV show that are still airing. That should be the distraction. But all right, what are we on now? We're on twenty-seven, so like thirteen. Yeah, what? something like that. Yeah.
0: All right. So look at this. Oh, me- meanwhile, so 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 walk walk with me here through the woods. Meanwhile, while all this stuff is going on with Vampiro and Taya and Mundo and AAA and Dorian and Sexy Star. Jeff Cobb announces that he's filling the rest of his year for bookings publicly, that he is telling everyone, "I'm filling my whole year out," which is basically a, a former Lucha Underground champ saying, "I'm taking bookings now, regardless of whether or not you think Lucha Underground's coming back." And he's talking about like, you know, it, I'd really- love to take Lucha Underground bookings if they were back. Yeah. Um,
2: I don't know about you guys, but Jeff Cobb's basically the way I found out about all of the tapings because he used to accidentally yeah. post them all the time saying what dates he was available on. And
0: dates he wasn't available.
2: Right, right. So I'm like, oh, so it's a taping that weekend and that weekend. I don't know what you're talking about. Jeff Cobb being a former Lucha Underground champion, case babe, Jesus Christ.
1: But- I've, you know, I've seen him. I've seen him in dark matches. <laughs> yeah, As a I, champion. I, I, <laughs> you know what's funny? Because... Um because he's everyone's already blown out that he is actually um, you know, the thing. The the, the thing He's, he's blown, blown it
0: out. It says it doesn't it say it on his Twitter? Uh, but what's funny my name
2: he was is Def the and I am El Bunny. And yeah, he's L Bunny. Yeah.
1: Everyone yes. knows that now. But it's funny looking back at his dark matches, I remember you telling me how awesome he was when he was dressed up as he was all like chosen one or whatever he is. Yeah. Um but he, his manner, like he's moving around and making faces and like posturing to the crowd. But not
2: at the beginning. But like right before the Matanza thing, that's when he started doing it. But before that, oh. he was just acting like regular, like Olympic wrestler type, you know? And, it was uh,
1: really and weird. Funny to see him walk around butt. like a weird creature. But Wait, yeah, dressed up like a normal, like a normal. Mr. Wrestler.
0: Krabs, hold on a second, Mr. Krabs, did you miss the entire? last 20 minutes of the show where we explained why Taya quit AAA. Are you really asking why Taya quit AAA? (laughs) And do we even know if she officially has or not? I mean, I know she says she's quitting, but like until her next date that she's supposed to be there comes and passes without her being there, I don't know if I'll believe that she's completely quit AAA. Yeah.
1: Also, it's on Twitter. She says, whatever, I'm gone on Twitter. Like That's not serving notice.
0: Again, never say never everyone said tie our sexy star would never be back in triple a sexy star and guess what is back in triple a once again i'm going to say this never say never in wrestling and then the next thing i'm going to say is the truth is always in the middle and then the last thing i'm going to say about wrestling in this level is follow the fucking money please just look and see where the money the flow of the money is and then you're most likely going to come to the right answer don't get me wrong there's plenty of jackasses in the wrestling business that can fuck it up because they don't know how to follow the money or, or shoot themselves in the foot but typically at the end of the day somebody who's above them who is following the money writes the ship towards a nice paycheck or a nice payday for at least themselves if not some other people anyway you know
2: I am glad that they're not taping right now because something wonderful happened with the former, uh, well, I guess current Lucha Underground, you know, like I, I, I say former like, cause they're not taping right now, but the great Lucha Underground star, officer Joey Ryan. Yes. Uh, as you know, he's a multiple time, uh, DDT, uh, Iron Man heavy metalweight champion Uh, which is like their hardcore title, and he's lost it to things such as Vince McMahon's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, But, you know, it's gone back and forth to a lot of people, but Joey got it back, and he went to DDT, and he's actually feuding with their Extreme Match champion right now. And they were having title versus title things, right? So before a card, uh, you had – Joey Ryan standing in the ring talking about what's going to happen with his next match with this guy. And then someone that I put over on this podcast last week, Maho Corone, the wrestling vampire lady comes out. I mean, the the wrestling zombie. I'm sorry. I just watched a match where people were fighting her off with garlic. So I had the vampire thing in the mic. She's a zombie that carries a severed arm to the ring. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, and she like never wins, which I think I talked about last week. Well, she gets behind Joey Ryan and she starts tapping him on the shoulder, but it's not her hand. It's a severed arm tapping him on the shoulder. Right. And then, uh, so Joey Ryan, since it's Joey Ryan, he turns around and he grabs a hand and puts in a wrist lock and then puts the, the arm on his dick so he can do the penis suplex. And, um, it's a severed arm. So he looks down, and he sees it's a severed arm grabbing his dick, and he starts screaming, and the arm won't let go. And Maho rolls him up, pins him, and she's the new Iron Man champion. And then Joey ran screaming with a severed arm attached to his dick. (laughs) Ah! Ah! (laughs) Fucking great. It was reminiscent of your death scene, and beautiful.
0: Reminiscent of my death scene, and oh my god, I feel so bad for Joey Ryan.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. And, uh, she hasn't lost it yet, which, uh, which is weird because I thought by now the arm would have won the title. I'm sure that's what's coming, but it that's hasn't wonderful. happened yet. You know, the severed arm is going to win the fucking belt. I mean, come on.
0: It It is. All right. Okay. So let me, let, let me finish wrapping up this Lucha universe thing and, and some of the other impact going around this tie of Johnny, whatever thing. So, okay. you got Cobb announcing that he's filling up his dates for the year, which is uh, strange, but not unexpected. Okay, then you've got several other workers now starting to fill up their calendars and look around. I'm not Mm going to mention who because I'm not going to get any of the rest of them in trouble because they haven't necessarily been doing it as publicly. But you have several workers looking to fill up the rest of their year, meaning that they do not believe that the dates that they were holding for Lucha Underground are worth holding anymore. Um, Then you've got Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio starts talking numbers with WWE and GFW, which I actually don't believe he's really supposed to be allowed to do because of his his no compete and no negotiation clause so in his this contract. Could
2: be contract tampering, which is pretty
3: fucking serious though.
0: Yeah, it could it could be. I don't know all the specifics of the Ray contract. Um, mm-hmm. and that's really up for debate. Like, um, I, I wish I could get some info about more specifically what's in there because I also thought that Lucha Underground had the option, the first option for him, for a third year, um, or El Ray had an option with him for a third year, um, as long as they exercised it and and taped by a certain time. And then he does have a similar no compete, though I think his is shorter than Puma's. I think Puma's what a six month no compete, and Ray's a three month no compete, something like that. Wow. Um, anyway. No one really necessarily knows. And I think the Ray contract may be more uh, black arts, more dark science than even Puma's contract, because I believe Ray's involves the network directly and not just MGM like Puma's. Like a developmental deal. Yeah. Because I think, you know, to get Ray the money that he was looking for, it had to get kicked upstairs. So I don't even know if guys like DJ or Evie dub or those guys are, have full access to that. Or maybe they've seen it at this point, but they didn't do that deal. I don't think that that was an MGM deal. I don't know that for sure though. Um, But anyway, so I found it very interesting. And this is the kind of stuff I get intrigued about because it makes sense for him to be talking to GFW impact TNA, whatever you want to call them. Um, And it makes sense for them, him to be talking to Lucha underground. We know that he's trying to get Dom, his son into the business or that Dom wants to get into the business. Um, and Lucha Underground is probably not a place for that because really you need to be a a top indie guy at this point to be in Lucha Underground. And in fact, the guys who aren't at that level, it'd be surprising for them to be in Lucha Underground at this point. Like even Thunder Rosa, for the years that she's put in, she's, she's plenty good enough, but at the same time, it's almost surprising with the resumes that the rest of the Lucha Underground staff has that she's even there. You know what I mean? So for Dom to come in there really wouldn't work i don't think for dom or ray like it's not it's not a developmental place to be at all so So on the
1: flip side there's a lot of people with connections so that way
0: he can maybe get them in or get to do what i mean he's not going to really be able to to work he's going to have to go out and do a bunch of indie shows anyway so why not go to a promotion that has more of that built in like wwe is better in my opinion for dom because he can go into you know the the training center the performance yeah. center or whatever and yes or no though they don't Plus, dude they don't that, that kid's a good. fucking hoss like vince would love
2: that kid yeah fucking big
1: he would not he would not be a luchador if he
2: trained
0: no. <laughs> does he want to be a luchador being a luchador is hard yeah, work. I mean, Look at his dad's knees. Like he wants to be a luchador. (laughs) That's a good point.
2: (laughs) Well, there's being there's being a luchador like his dad, and there's being a luchador like Atlantis, where you're a thousand years old and still wrestling and doing all right. No, he wants Um, to be. He wants
0: to be a second generation wrestler. He doesn't (laughs) want to be a luchador. Like take take the ticket that
1: Charlotte got.
3: Third generation. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: sorry. Oh, like Randy Orton.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Randy did a lot of
0: work.
1: Hey, Casey, how's it feel? Uh, Do you have any grudges against Cowboy Bob Orton
0: about how he... No, we'll get there. I'm getting there. And Undertaker hepatitis. You're you're a terrible person. (laughs) So anyway, we've got kind of this Rey Mysterio thing going on too. This is all in the meanwhile in the Lucha Underground world. So now you've got one of your biggest stars and it's getting out that he's looking around. And if it's getting out, I believe, sadly, that Ray wants it to get out.
2: Oh, of course he does. That increases his value exponentially to everyone.
0: And I think think it's a shot across the bow in a polite way because Ray is a good businessman and he is more polite. I think it is a very polite shot across the bow to Lucha Underground. Like, hey, guys, if you're not going to greenlight season four and send me a fucking check soon and tell me what's up, yeah, there, there's hell to pay. Like I'm going somewhere else. I'm taking my kid. I'm protecting the rest of my interests. Like I wanted to do you guys a favor. I wanted to be there. I want to be there now, but I, you know, business is going to be business, and I'm going to do some things if you guys aren't going to do some things. I think that's legit. What happened there, and I think that that is a bigger issue that yeah. a lot of people are not talking about right now. And to me,
2: that's I a think star. You're right. I think you're right and I think that there's more things that we can't talk about the point to you being right and I know that you know what I'm thinking. Yes. And that's yeah. So um, we'll talk about it when the time comes.
0: Yeah. And and I'm just I'm saying what I can say about it. I, I feel like Ray is definitely making his move and Ray unlike some of these guys who might be playing checkers with just trying to fill up their schedule. Ray's playing chess guys. Ray is playing chess.
1: But it's also like, if you are going to have the credibility of being a promotion with top stars, you have to give them the respect of a top star. You can't just be like, Hey Ray, go ahead and work some indie shows while we're trying to get the show together.
0: He's not going to do that. Right. Like, Ray knows no, he can take bookings. Ray's going to book a whole show around himself in Mexico and make piles. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
1: it's yeah. almost like, because it's not a year-round wrestling show, Lucha Underground, a TV show or movie with, like, Tom Cruise or an a star films when the star is ready.
0: Yeah, and, like, look, he's friends with Conan. He ain't exactly down there headlining for the crash every week either. It's like, Ray is not playing games here guys ray is still a guy who deserves some top line top level credit and he is going to demand that at a certain point in time and he's going to do it as very as politely and as as business savvy wise as he can he's not in the game of burning bridges um he doesn't just drink anyone's kool-aid you know any of his friends he doesn't drink conan's kool-aid vince's kool-aid dj's kool-aid nobody's like ray is his own man and i think that's what he's saying right here he's saying Rey Mysterio is Rey Mysterio. I am my brand. And also, at the end of the day, you have to look at the fact that WWE still has a certain amount of his merchandising. He still makes he still gets a check from WWE every fucking month, guys. They still sell Rey toys. They still sell Rey shirts. They still sell Rey masks. They have a certain amount of interest in Rey Mysterio, and he is in the business of Rey Mysterio. He's going to make his money and he wants his son to make that money after him so you
1: guys remember how when they first sold a a decent pentagon dark shirt it wasn't even on tv yet and yet everyone who showed up to the temple dressed somehow was wearing that shirt by the time the taping started what would happen if they sold ray masks even cheap like ray El ray lucha underground masks yeah well, i mean they
2: a bunch of ray shirts and that shirt fucking sucked
0: i have one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i you just know, needed a new lucha shirt and i couldn't get the actual regular lucha logo in my size so i was like oh, i'll get the half and half ray one you the know now ray pushing the, the ray slash johnny face thing the good ray shirts he put out uh be- i think before he signed
1: with mass republic i don't yeah. know if they're still there but check them out they're really badass
0: well and that's one of the other things too i mean he can go to places like mass republic with his brand with the ray mysterio brand it is I, a brand unto itself it's like the whole mayweather promotions and mcgregor promotions like he is ray mysterio promotions even when it comes to wwe at this point like if they want him back he's going to keep the rights to a certain extent to his name he's going to license them to wwe
2: yeah, and you don't see fucking Rey Mysterio selling shit out of an eBay store.
0: Ah, <laughs> a zing. Um, so then we get to 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 Comic Con. Um, the fact that Lucha Underground was even going to have a presence this year was announced very very late, um, and then it's Vampiro, Taya, Mundo, and the Mac, which is you know mixing it up from it being Brenda and B again, but not by much. It's kind of like the same few people are the ones that actually work for Lucha Underground and no one else does. So I don't know exactly how that works. Don't get me wrong. Hello, I season was,
2: four, Justin, that's season four at Comic-Con, right?
0: <laughs> Mac Mundo and hey, maybe, um, and maybe not if, if Vampiro and Mundo don't get along anymore, who the fuck knows?
2: Hey, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Shit.
0: Um, but I, I, I do find it interesting. Don't get me wrong. Like Mundo. There on day one, like I just listened to a little piece of our, our I think, episode 40 interview with Evie Dub, and he was talking about how Mundo was there for him on day one. He was. Mundo was there for him on day one. He's been a consistent part of the show, and he wasn't somebody that the show made. Um, he wasn't somebody that's been in and out on the show or wishy-washy or anything. He's always been 100% down. He's always done his part. Um, and I, have hated on him from time to time for certain things, but at this point, if you like Lucha underground, you better like Johnny Mundo because he's one of the guys that has been down for them product from day one. And he does go out and do this stuff. He does deserve the extra paycheck. He is the guy. It mm-hmm. ain't fucking ricochet. It, it's not, it's not famous B cause he's not as over. It's not. It's not anyone else. It's fucking Mundo. Like, he is your Lucha Underground guy. He is the face of Lucha Underground. It's not Ray. Ray's out there talking to other companies, and he wasn't there at the beginning. It's fucking Mundo. Like, if you want a guy who is the flagship, it's not Drago, because now he's showing up in, in GFW and was always more beholden to AAA. It can't be Pentagon because Pentagon doesn't have the same connection with Dorian and AAA anymore that he used to. And, you know, he was kind of the face of season three, but he wasn't at the top of the card when he came in Lucha underground helped make him the top of the card. So it's Mundo. Mundo is the face of Lucha underground, whether you like it or not. Right. Is that crazy?
2: Yeah. And you know, uh, it is crazy that it turned out that way because you have a massless white guy is the face of your wrestling company great work guys. Um, but yeah, whatever.
0: Well, I mean, who knows? Like some of that's booking, but some of that is he's the guy who's a great performer who was willing to do that work.
2: No, I I'm not, I'm not disparaging his work. I think he's great. And I think he's been super fucking great season three.
0: There's still a uh, chance also, I think for Pentagon to become that permanent face of Lucha underground, if season four happens and happens the way that I think people are hoping it happens, within and without of the company,
2: uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen the way I want to. Uh, okay, I'm sure. Well, but, but uh, you know, hey, it's I'm I'm a pessimistic person. Um, so so what what happened on the show this week? Because all right, we'll, we'll get there. I I know wanted- to get out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So, oh, the other things I want to say about Lucha Underground before we get to the actual program, Eva Leese has jumped back into wrestling full-time now. Um, I don't know why she wasn't doing this before or what's going on. I'd love to have her on the show and find out some of what her story is. Yeah. But she seems to be super gung-ho now and has managed to stay out of a lot of this. But at the same time, I feel like it's hurt her a lot, again, with the smarks that I think are very valuable. Um, to this whole business, especially with these smaller promotions, um, she just it, she doesn't she hasn't lost any credibility, but she doesn't necessarily have the same stature that she had. So I'm I'm very interested to see what's going
1: on with her. What's that, Byron? Yeah, yeah, she dropped off the radar. There were some rumors going around, and I don't know what's true or what isn't, and I don't really want to get into some of them because some of them are a little personal. Yeah, just unsubstantiated rumors. But she she was hitting it hard because. Of, her, you know, multiple injuries were slowing her down a whole bunch and she was going full speed and I think she was really uh, working a lot in Shine and she was her champion and doing a lot of big matches for them. Uh, and then something happened and she gave the belt away and disappeared.
0: Yeah, so w- whatever she's got going on seems to uh, be in the past and she is back full time uh, and I'm going to try to hit her up and see if she would come on the show and talk You know maybe she won't talk about that but at least maybe she'll talk about where she's headed in the future and what she's looking to do um let's see uh, you know other news during this whole crazy thing thunder rosa and taya worked a match together uh a small thing here in la and uh it was wonderful and it was really nice to see that thunder rosa could actually hang with taya i don't know if you've seen the footage from that match but um you know mel's come a long long way to be able to stand in there with taya like that and obviously taya was um you know calling that match and making that whole thing work but that that's the kind of experience that i'd want to see these performers getting i hope she gets to work with cheerleader melissa and taya and these other people because that's what's going to take her to the next level and she's going to be above and beyond these wwe girls if she keeps working matches like that yeah and then uh well, and she already is.
1: She already is above and beyond them because, on top of learning how to work, she has such a mind and well, she has such an incredible uh, work ethic and character. You know, even going back to where she even drew her name from, um, you know the the place where she used to work.
0: Um, but uh, and that's and Polly's right. Polly's right in the chat room. He says Mel wrestles like two matches a week. I, she's yeah. like, I, I she see her like hard. three or four matches a week. It's crazy. Like, but talk she, about making up for lost time. She is on it. But she's also like she's
1: getting at it from all angles, where she's learning to wrestle, but she's learning the business. And her her and Brian started sabotage, and they moved. And I'm pretty yeah. sure I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure they moved to you know for their company. And they're and they're people who right now you know you know it's nice to talk to them, but they're going to be like they're going to be huge soon.
0: Well, she's smart because she's she's yeah. not necessarily some fresh-faced twenty-one-year-old kid or whatever. She's yeah. trying to have longevity in the business. Like she's going to be a booker and trainer when she's done in the ring, or even while she's still in the ring, as she's doing right now. She's going to be a TV star in Lucha Underground, a hit on the yeah. Indies, and a booker herself. You know, and and that's how you that's how you're going to win favor with people. You work hard and you do the right things. Mm-hmm. So, being if a booker is fine. real tough, though. We'll see if she can yeah. manage to not piss a whole lot of people off at some point. <laughs> Being I will, a booker's hard as Vampiro can tell her. <laughs> I will say this.
1: If you're a female worker in the States and you're not in Orlando at the performance center, I don't, I mean, right. What, what's your short list of where you want to work? Yeah. That's that shimmer. Maybe. Sabotage. I would go to, that's the hip place right now. Everyone's working there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you can only get so many dates out of it too. Yeah, that's true. Well, and that's the problem with all these things. All right, so Kevin Cross face murdered uh, all the women left in the AAA uh, women's division. I don't know if that was in retaliation for the tie of shit or if that was just a separate thing that was booked or if it's all part of the work, but uh, seeing him murder everyone else there is amazing um watch that footage on 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 the interwebs if you get a chance and um other otherwise meanwhile in uh, lucha underground news uh, luchasaurus is doing flip bumps all over the place except in uh lucha underground (laughs) so at the end of the day um here's the big problem guys lucha underground's not back i think a lot of this stuff gets solved you control the press you control the storyline When you bring back Lucha Underground, somebody needs to green light this fucking thing already. I know know for a fact who's ready to go, and I know where the holdups are, and I'm here to tell you it's fucking stupid. There is not one iota of good reason left why this show isn't fucking back. Um, I would love to say exactly what the problem is, but I can't, and I'm just going to say this it needs to fucking happen already. The the things that are keeping Lucha Underground from being back in production right now are frivolous. They're going to end up costing people more money in the long run. Um, They're wasting money that they could be making right now. This has been the fucking problem with Lucha Underground. This is everyone's big problem with it, whether they know it or not. Everything that people point to as issues stems back to a lot of this of what's going on right now and no it's not fucking dario for everyone who hates fucking dario there's reasons to like dario there's reasons to hate dario none of what's going on right now is fucking dario's fault well maybe a
3: little dorian. bit but
0: dorian. i'm dorian i'm sorry dorian i'm i'm, I'm getting confused because dario's at uh sdcc oh tomorrow
2: yeah you know justin uh i think what you're trying to say is none of the people we like are the fucking problem
0: not at all they really aren't they really really <laughs> are and i can't say who is the problem but i know who it is
2: yeah but it's not even the people we normally don't like so th- this is great um i need new people to hate justin i need you to name some names no i'm just
0: look I'm- i i'll give you i'll give you some names when we're not on the air but at the same time <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you exactly who to hate and and to to that person who i'm sure is probably not listening because they don't fucking listen to anybody um just fucking make it happen Put a name on the dotted line, make it happen. Let's just fucking move on here. Like everyone's tired of waiting. You got guys like Cobb out taking bookings that are just gonna have to get canceled when this thing does actually come through. Let's fucking do this thing. Let's yes. make it happen. So,
2: Double J Jeff Jarrett, stop dragging your fucking ass and sign your name <laughs> on that line.
0: God damn, that would be great. And Dixie Carter show up on Raw already because if this fucking Kurt Angle storyline goes another second, I'm gonna fucking pee. What?
3: I,
1: wanna, I need to know how you feel for no particular reason, so don't get
0: offended. No, we're going to talk about Lucha Underground first, or Casey's going to kill me. But we oh will God. talk about that. Even if Casey has to leave, I'm going to rant about that fucking Kurt Angle throwing away his black baby bullshit for hours tonight. God damn it. That is some
2: bullshit. <laughs> but, but what's important, though, is that, doesn't that mean he fucked Charmel? It does, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so
3: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm some (laughs) bullshit some bullshit (laughs) I hope Booker T drops the n-word all over fucking Kurt Angle that's all I'm saying But Booker T has gone on record about
1: how dropping the n-word
2: it's it's funny though because didn't Kurt Angle like legit fuck Jackie like uh yeah that's
0: that's the rumor yeah Uh anyway so let's kurt angle and his black babies damn it all right lucha underground fade to black let's talk about this episode real quick um it kicks off with a uh puma dark having visions in his head up on top of the uh underground lucha place where he has been known to actually say words from time to time and this is no exception though um vampiro clearly had more to say so vampiro's telling him the only way to quiet the voices is to get to the championship and um you know and puma is rightfully questioning but what if i don't win daddy vamp and uh because he's a whiny bitch and um you know then vamp tells him the visions will consume you if you don't win because you're a whiny bitch and um you know mundo's walking around underneath with the worldwide underground and and my problem with that scene is God, I wish they had known what was going on in Triple-A because how badass no. would it have been for Puma to be standing up there looking down at Johnny Mundo carrying four fucking belts.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it oh. was awesome when Del Rio showed up, which is a whole other thing. Del Rio showed up with the Triple-A belt. That was kind of cool. It adds prestige.
0: Yeah, and it's just weird because, I mean, you look, the, it would have never been able to work in this scenario, especially with the hiatus. Um, yeah. a reason why Lucha underground is not privy to doing things like that, because there's no way they could have known that Mundo would still be holding the belts. Even if that segment had been written. Mm. I mean, this shit was filmed over a year ago, this segment. Yeah. So I, I like the touch with PJ black. Um, you know, well, look with the, with the Puma thing promo wise, it was totally like Fisher price is my first heel turn. Um, yeah. Like does Puma know how to be a fucking heel or even a tweener? Like does does Ricochet, Trevor, Puma, whatever the fuck you want to call him, does he have a clue how to work as a heel? Have you seen him? Work? Do you read his Twitter because he comes off that way to me?
1: No, uh, I think I think like there's almost a bit of there's maybe a group of guys on the indies um, who maybe Jim Cornette doesn't like, but their their gimmick is like indie spot guy. You know, like the Bucks, I wouldn't put in that category because they work as heels. They know more about psychology than yeah. Somehow they
0: can not say swear words and still be heels. (laughs) Yeah, but there's guys
1: like Ricochet, and I'm gonna say even Sammy Callahan. Um, There's guys like that who you go to see, like they sell tickets, but you there's no face or heel. There, in that there's no like good guy versus bad guy story. There's just i'm a i'm a fucked up guy or i'm a guy who can do a lot of flips
0: and um and so i don't but it's know it's unfortunate because like i feel like the storyline angle is working i just don't know if if trevor as an actor knows how to sell this thing like and this is all the stuff we were speculating yeah. about we saw the tweener turn while we were in the the you know the temple. It was obvious when he starts coming out in the skinny jeans and the fucking black stuff. Like, you know, we're still cheering because he's like Puma from Boyle Heights. But obviously, there's some kind of backstage heel turn going but on. Somebody
3: gave him.
2: Somebody gave him a Forever Twenty One gift card so he could get his fucking Jordash girl jeans on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we knew like we knew something was up, but we were all at the time even speculating like, yeah. "Ooh, this is going to lead to some cool backstage segments like is Vampiro getting a hold of him? Like why is he having this tweener or heel turn? You know, like can he talk on the mic? Can he cut some promos?" Yeah. And then I see this segment and like this segment's perfectly written. DJ did nothing wrong. Roach did nothing wrong. Segment's completely written and yet Trevor's delivering his lines and I'm just like, Mm, damn I don't fucking know bro but like, to, be, to be fair or
1: uh, to your point this to me like that's what you got from you got like oh he's flat to me I got this is the best you're going to present this guy
0: like, I no still think the there's a chance I still think th- there's a chance for a better, better presentation
1: well I mean yeah, I, I think it- I think Ducha Underground is going to put, I I thought it was good I thought it came across all right obviously i i'm going into it feeling.
0: i mean oh come on you don't think that skip's not up there on top of the fucking roof going bro you got me all the way up on this fucking roof for that delivery like give me something
1: i'm saying i understand where we're starting from with the guy he didn't do a promo for like two years almost you know
2: yeah dude we got 12 weeks of fuck dungeon vignettes before he gets his real acting chops in don't worry
1: jess I don't see another promotion trying to get him as a a heel or like, I don't see another promotion getting this much out of him.
0: I mean, and that's frightening. I mean, think about if he's in the WWE, the kind of promo work he's going to have to do to actually get over and be a real star there. Like, (laughs) look, the guy can go in the ring. I'm never, ever going to take that away from him. And this episode also confirms that again, but like this promos man like th- it's got to go somewhere else it's got to go to a different level like come on AR Fox is not necessarily the best promo guy in the world but you saw that dungeon thing like he was selling it man he was going yeah. for it he was in the character it was working he he's he's not necessarily a better talker than than Trevor could be but like I'm not I'm just not seeing it I'm not seeing it but, he, but he, can, he can do the facial expressions. He can do the
1: simple things that, that you know. Oh, even
0: the facial bad. expressions, even in the match with PJ, were kind of like, uh, dude, the wide eye, like I can't believe you knocked me out thing is kind of old. It's a little tired. There's better ways to sell than that. Like floppy arms, like, come on. Well, I'm
1: saying but, with AR Fox, like he has that, you know, you can look at him and he, can, he gets across like, I'm a bad guy right now. Well, because he's
0: legit insane, though, and and I don't think that Ricochet is. I think that I think that Ricochet is actually a very normal person and more like yeah. what any one of us would probably be like as a wrestler than than anyone else. But that is also part of what the problem is. No, because Ricochet other than his abs and his flippy shit ability, he is a fairly normal guy.
2: See, you guys, you guys would be normal guys if you were wrestlers. I think I'd be a pretty fucking weird. I, I'd basically be the ultimate warrior. Personality wise,
0: I, no. I would see I would see you probably more like Hugh Morris, but I would Ultima,
1: I'll take Ultimate Warrior. I would say you as mankind in the boiler room promos when he's ripping his own hair out. But oh, I, would, I could see that actually. I could actually I would, really see that. instead like of The hair out of his head, you'd be ripping the hair off of your genitals.
0: That that
2: would be good. It would be like you know manscaping. It would be updating it for the the new
0: millennium. The millennials would be into it. Yeah, if, yeah. I think honestly, I'd be a cross between uh, Cornette and Jerry Lynn. I think you would be Jerry Flynn in that case because <laughs>
3: yeah. he almost
2: has Jerry Lynn's name, but he's a redneck like Jim Cornette, so he's Jerry Flynn. So that
0: yeah, I didn't necessarily mean with the redneck part. I meant more more the like boisterously out of control, out of nowhere, and then saying things that he completely regrets later, but having to stick to them. That was more what I meant with Cornette, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. He, uh, come on. Jerry Flynn was great. He was the master of the block.
2: Remember when he had his own boiler room brawl matches? He,
1: Jerry Flynn had, uh, like, a spin kick that made him look so, like, so, uh, so uh, I don't know. Like, you didn't see it ever. And he wore Jerry, kick pads outside of
2: baggy pants. Like, they were tucked into
1: his kick pads, and then he was barefoot. Yeah yeah and he was like a big karate master but he was his
0: redneck with a mullet and he did one spin kick hey mr krabs if you really want a uh matanza mask i think i know where you can get one hit me up but i want you're gonna one. Have to pay for it you're gonna have to pay a lot for it yeah. like at, at least six bills so but i know where you can get a good one um anyway and he means hundred dollar bills not dollar bills Yeah, no. Um, So let's talk about this first match and or lack thereof. biggest problem with this being a a quick match and a DQ is uh, not enough Cobra Moon. Just going to throw that out there. Not enough Cobra Moon because Pindar versus Cage is up first. Um, What did you guys think? Because you guys were there for this. And this was like, you know, no one really knew what the deal was with this gauntlet. But I heard about this from you guys. Like, Cage has this fucking love and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I got an earful about this match the next day. So I want to know what you guys' thoughts on this whole thing were.
2: I um, I thought it was a ripoff of the Zoro angle in AAA, which I don't think it intentionally is. I think it, it's just because I watched a lot of AAA. Um I, I was just, you know, live, I was just stoked that I was right about the glove controlling his mind.
3: That's really yeah, all so, I mean.
0: He basically loses his shit here and yeah, won't take like the glove off, squashes Pindar, squashes Borden, Mr. Ph.D. Yeah, all respect to Justin.
1: All to me. Respect to Justin, no. No. All respect to Justin Borden, the ref, the, the smartest ref you're probably going to ever see. if he's so smart i don't know why he's in the wrestling industry though but um and he's also last time i saw him he he looked like he was you know really getting in shape and looking you know real healthy real good he seems to be doing really well for himself um i'll respect him i was absolutely thrilled to see cage murder him in a ring
0: that was really great to see five star match but so let's talk about the implications of this this means that pindar is moving on uh I don't really see a world in where as great as Steve Payne, the man behind the mask, is where they're giving him a top-level push. Um, so basically, this is a way to weed out a guy who is clearly a top-level contender in Cage that is not going to get the push right here. So who yeah, did Cage you don't piss want, off? <laughs> you, don't want
1: to, you don't want him to... He can't take any losses right now. Not
2: the glove. That's like a belt that you wear on your hand.
0: No, no, I, I agree. He got like he got another gimmick. He's getting his uh, top mid card or close to top of the card push by having the glove. So obviously you have to take him out of the mix of the tournament and what better way than to have him go psycho and I just abuse say, the power.
3: Did I just yeah. say
2: the belt is like a glove that you wear on your hand? Yeah, like you kind of said that.
0: Yeah,
1: so I mean it's like it's not an overly complicated thing but it makes sense and I think it was executed well.
0: Well, yeah. and I like I like that Pindar's moving on, um, you know, and and that means that we get a little more Cobra Moon in this thing as well. Um, though, why isn't she in the tournament?
1: Yeah, that's a, uh, you know, it's really weird because she didn't wrestle at all this season. I
0: know this was part of the like and you guys heard me earlier in the uh, our podcast at the beginning part of the season bitching a lot about Cobra Moon not wrestling. Part of that was me feeling this part of Lucha Underground. Uh, I was very not pleased with the fact that when they only have like 34 wrestlers and 32 of them are wrestling and she's not one of them, I was really ticked by that because yeah. I I do think she's a good in-ring performer and I didn't want to just see her being used as a valet. Um, and this was And this was before she had come on the show or I'd ever spoken to her personally at all. I yeah. was just like, damn that's fucked up that they're not using her like that i was actually super salty about it um and now i'm seeing it too and it's like you know what the gimmick is great and she's actually getting a very good push through this whole thing um but i didn't i i, I you know for all of lucha underground's good that it does for women's wrestling at the same time i was very irritated in seeing taya and and mel and thunder rosa cobra whatever being used as valets it was like they gave them these pushes they let them have these great matches then all of a sudden they set back women's wrestling just like other promotions by having them in these valet roles and i did not like that i still don't like it i think it's a misstep um (laughs) and and one of the few rare missteps for lucha underground and they've corrected it to a certain extent and i believe that going forward and seeing what the wwe has done like given this stuff was taped over a year ago i don't think it'll be like that in the future I think Lucha Underground has learned from mistakes like um, giving Sexy Star the belt for only one week. I don't think they would ever make that mistake ever again. If they ever no put good. a strap Never give her the belt at all. Well, and I get, I get that you don't like her, but at the same time, I'm just talking about the, the, the women's revolution and wrestling movement. Yeah. yeah. If they ever put a, uh, the main belt on a woman again, I guarantee it won't be for one week. I don't no, think DJ you know will what? ever do that again.
2: If it's any of the other girls that actually can work, which is every other female performer in the company, um, except for Brenda because she's not trained. Yeah. And um, not Melissa, and maybe not Black Lotus. Uh, just. Uh,
0: well, she- basically, you're saying Mariposa, Thunderosa, or Taya. Honestly. Or, or Evie. Or Eve. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Honestly, of of those four, I want them to put it on Taya at some point in time. I think in light of everything that's happened this week with the sexy star situation in AAA, I think in light of the precedents that Lucha Underground has set, and on top of that, in light of the quality of in-ring work that those four performers can bring, even oh. over Melissa who is probably out of all of them, the best overall wrestler style wise, Taya's got the gimmick and the ability to go. I think that she actually yeah. is better than 60%, at least of the male performers worldwide. Um, I think that Taya should have the strap in Lucha Underground. And I think she should hold it for, you know, a segment as I like to call it a quarter um which is the way they break up lucha underground now you know from the start to aztec to you know they break it up in quarters storyline wise for blow-offs and big moments like they're doing right now with the quato cup like i think she should be the champ through a whole quarter of programming Go
2: for the belt would be fun like that would be
0: amazing
1: Fucking hated each other and started yeah that there's is- so much there and they also they also have the group it would keep worldwide underground at the top of the card you know and
0: they 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 should be push pushing a lot of merch too and i do and i think it would also uh, uh, more so even than mundo i think it would actually please latino fans like i think that you know as much as sexy star feels like the right choice uh she wasn't for purely because of her work rate for all the other reasons like sexy star was a great choice the one reason why casey can't stand it and why a lot of people had an issue with it is she is not the best worker of all those girls in lucha underground you know i think thunder is a better worker than sexy star and has literally half the experience i'd um, say i'd say one fourth of the experience and she's a better worker yes. Mar- mariposa i wish she was over at the the performance center for wwe training those girls like, she is the level of wrestler that should be teaching people how to wrestler, wrestle and be entertaining. Uh, Taya is clearly uh, top of the card status and ability and performance and presence and overness with the crowd. Like, make it happen. Um, yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next match. That was a, uh, a DQ and squash all together, which I love. And Mr. PhD, Justin Borden, caught some hell. Oh Dante Fox versus Son of Havoc. So here's the thing, guys. We've been talking about it forever. When we first started talking about Dante Fox on the show was actually shortly after this taping. I had already seen Dante Fox a couple times. I think this, Byron, wasn't this one of your first times really seeing Dante?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I remember that um, you guys were talking about Dante Fox, Yeah, and I think it was
0: was after this weekend when you saw him, finally, too, that we came back and on the show, it was like, spoiler or no spoiler, we have to start talking about this guy, because he is part of why we are loving Lucha Underground, and at the time we were talking a lot about Killshot, because when we were seeing Dante live, Killshot was starting to come to the forefront on TV, and we knew they were going to have an angle, so... We put yeah. a lot of our love for Dante into Killshot on the podcast. And this is this is a complete shoot, guys. Um, and I still love Shane. I still think Shane's a great performer. But no bullshit. I'm going to say it right here, right now. Uh, Dante's the fucking shit. AR yeah. Yeah. Fox, Dante Fox, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Aaron, I don't give a fuck. Mr. I can't find him on social media. You'll never be able to tell him how much you like him because he'll never care or know. Unless you see him at a show, and even then, Stop. just tell him in person. Even then, it might not resonate. Oh, how are you gonna find him? I'm not gonna lie. My my man, my man's memory is in a certain place for a certain reason. <laughs> so, but legit was right after this match took place in real life when we started talking about him on this show, and you guys just gotta know, you gotta understand he is the next level of this shit. He should have been having surgeries after this match and and many other of his matches and his CZW stuff. Go back and watch it. I love this match because he gets in the low main pain as the fucking finisher. Finally, I don't think he had done that in Lucha underground yet. Um, and this is his, his regular finisher on the indies and other shows and in CZW forever where he does the, uh, the, the flip bump off the ropes with the uh, I don't even know what it is it's what 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 is that move when you're standing Casey
2: Oh God I don't know I'm drawing a blank because Fire Pro gives weird names to everything
0: Yeah and you've been playing the shit out of that
2: <laughs> oh, Yeah I I think I I think I've got like 30 hours into it. So like
0: well, a a week. I mean, it's a genius move where he jumps up over the rope and he kind of butt flips and flips the guy over with him. It's, it's his standard finisher. And, you know, he was using the, whatever Dante driver thing in previous episodes, which is not even half as dope. Yeah. So I was stoked for this move, uh, move to show that he wins matches this way. <laughs> this might be the only time it ever, wins a match in lucha underground he
2: calls it but, the fox catcher that's what he calls it
0: but that was i thought the fox catcher last week was that pile driver thing that he does
2: fuck was it oh god i can't remember so
0: i don't know what they called this this week and i was barely paying attention on the commentary See, the
2: thing but. is don't pay attention to what matt striker calls anything uh-huh. pay attention to what everyone else calls it
0: <laughs> oh man you're you're brewing a, a serious battle between you and matt one of these days oh, with the name man. game you're gonna keep fucking oh, with sorry. him
2: do you think a guy can beat me that's called the fucking pen and driver three different moves?
0: Yeah, I don't know. He's yeah. this goddamn school teacher, man. You never know what hey, he's capable
2: you of, know You know what, Justin? I got an orientation to become a substitute on Monday.
0: So there. Oh, it's going to be teacher versus teacher in the temple parking lot if season four ever gets cool. greenlit. you fucking right. The professor Lucha Gringo. El Profesora. Oh, El Professor. That's God dang, that's what you Bob should change professor. it. Fuck Lucha Gringo. It's El Professor. You know what? I I legally
2: can teach college on a university level. I am an MFA, which is a terminal degree in my field of screenwriting. It's not working out for you. Fucking great.
0: Shut up. He's on this podcast. It's working out great for him. Got him all the way here. Well at least all your audio degrees, Justin. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Keep us on the air. They're so worth it. I That's right. I can tell you what the Fletcher Munson curve is and how it works, damn it. And if anybody understands that, you're a geek. Um, it's about Murder, She Wrote, right? Nope. Uh-uh. Oh, C4. Yeah. Jessica no. Fletcher Munson? Nope. It's a C4. Nah. It's, yeah. a C, it's, so it's a sitting, it's a springboard seat, a seated springboard C4 off the ropes. What is it? Uh, I mean, when Ray does
1: a moonsault, or when RVD does a similar type of thing, they call it a
0: split leg moonsault. Right. So yep. it's basically a sp- split-legged sp- C4?
1: But maybe yeah. it doesn't split it though. But it's the same like physics. I'd right. say it's more springboard.
2: Yeah, it's not split-legged because split-legged is around the the turnbuckles.
0: And anyway, it's <laughs> super fucking dope. And AR Fox is ridiculous. Like, oh, and his dive over the ring post? What the... What? What what was? What? You don't do that, right? He almost dove out to the parking lot. What was he thinking? And he didn't look like he was trying. He landed on his feet. It was ridiculous. Well, thank God he did because (laughs) as far as he went, he was nowhere near being caught. You don't dive like that, caddy corner, all the way like to Wichita. What the hell was he doing? (laughs) That was nuts. Um so oh and what was the other spot the uh he runs up the ring post and does the the Moon flip salt. to the moonsault to the ground off of running up the ring post from the apron hey listen let's, let's not forget the aa off of the apron to the fucking floor that he took exactly Which, okay okay fuck. so and and here's the exciting thing about this here we are raving and we're talking about how awesome this match was who's the b-side of this match It's Son of Havoc, who, if you've listened to this show, you know catches shit from us. Like, we like Matt, but at the same time, we don't like Matt. So
2: I I more hate his fans and the current angle that he's in.
0: Well, but here's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say this about the next match we're going to talk about too. He is a fabulous base. He is better as a base for a flippy guy who gets in some flippy guy shit of his own than trying to be the A-side flippy guy in a match. He's fucking great in this match. This works perfectly because he's not the one responsible for all of the high spots. Any yeah. booker that tries to make Son of Havoc the guy responsible for the flippy shit is an idiot. This is a perfect use of him as a character. I will love him all day long. I'll be his biggest fan if they understand that he's the base guy in a flippy shit match, period, in the story. And no one's going to see that because he's fucking little. That's his problem. But he's good at it. He's got the strength and power to pull it off. And then it gives him time to set up his spots, his springboard shoulder bounce back thing and and, and his cool spots because he's got a couple of cool spots. But if you're expecting him to string together four or five of those to be the high spot guy in a flippy shit guy match, you're wrong. He can't do it. That's unfortunate knock on Son of Havoc.
1: Um He's awesome. He's really great. Like he's very talented. He's a great athlete, and he's also just a really cool person. And totally respects the business. I I really don't want to say anything bad about him, but he is still a backyard wrestler when it comes to psychology. Unfortunately, like it's just. I do not say anything spot. bad about him, but I'm gonna to totally bury him and call him <laughs> the least professional thing that I possibly can. but,
0: so, but so honestly, but again, and I don't disagree with you, Byron, and I do like the guy as well. But at the same time. I was not feeling that in this match and that's, they need to protect him. And anyone who's booking him anywhere needs to protect him by doing this. You need to put him up against the a side flippy shit guy. Do not make him be the lead flippy shit guy in the match. He's the base in a flippy shit guy match period.
2: Can I say that
3: I, I hate
2: son of madness a little less when he's hitting people with fucking chains.
0: Yeah, like, what happened there? What did you guys think about the, the the swerve start to this thing? I mean,
2: you know, it's fine. I just like that Dario just fucking hates Son of Havoc.
1: That was like, so funny. It,
2: it's just like he just fucks him at every turn. And it's just <laughs> so great. There's no, like, Rey Mysterio murdered his brother and he's giving him a title shot, but Son of Havoc just gets fucked at every turn. It's great.
0: Well, and my my issue with that whole thing was, I liked the angle and it played out perfectly and it made sense from what we've saw, saw before with Son of Madness. It was fine, as much as I hate on the Son of Madness angle, um, but I didn't like the fact that you have this swerve at the beginning that puts Son of Havoc at a disadvantage, which kind of undermines Dante Fox. Oh yeah, I felt it's like kind the- of saying like he needs an upper hand to win this match, which clearly he does not.
2: No, and that kind of sucks, and it did take away from his win, but a lot of the stuff going on, on this tr- in this tournament kind of takes away from a lot of stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: and- the, it, it felt very WWE 50-50 booking thing. Yeah. To- Go
1: ahead, well, Byron. To compare, to compare to the G1 tournament, which is happening right now, you have basically, I mean, it's a tournament full of people who draw in new japan you know you have a bunch of guys who are really really good um and you have clean wins and losses and i was watching some of that today and when you have a match and it's a good match and you have the fighting spirit and all the stuff that that they put on and they all they put on a good effort and then one person wins a clean match they both don't look they both look good out of it, you know? And,
2: what did you think about, um, about Tanahashi,
1: the way they kind of protected him losing to Zack Sabre Jr.? Saw, well, I saw only the first night, I believe, in some tag matches on the second one. I yeah. thought, I mean, to get into it, I thought Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr., because Tanahashi's needed uh, surgery on his arm for forever, and he there's mm-hmm. I just don't see him doing it till after Wrestle Kingdom, because it's going to be... it's you can't take him off that cart. So do you but, think you uh, I, the dude that just loses every match in the tournament? Cause
2: you know how there's like always one dude that just loses every fucking
1: match. I don't know, but I think that his loss to Zack Sabre Jr. Was perfect. Like it was obvious. It was just obvious to put them together. Zack Sabre Jr. Looked great. Um, and it looked believable. Like this is a time when you could see Zack Sabre Jr. Beating Tanahashi. But, yeah. But, uh, and, but that, was a, that was a tap out. And also, like, these guys tap out. Which is a, a very protected finish. Like, you, you don't want to tap out in a match because it makes sure they get even more weak than a pinfall unless it's a, it's a good match where you put a good effort in and it has a story. And it's kind of cheap on this tournament, Lucha Underground, where now we have two tournament matches. Oh. One of them is a non-finish because the guy went crazy. And then now in this one, like, it's already, oh, Dante Fox is going to win, and also it's not that bad. Son of, Son of Havoc got knocked out before the fight, so he won't look that weak, and Dante Fox should win, and it's almost weird that it took him so long to beat a guy who already was beat in the stands. Like that's right, right, and so. almost almost lose a couple times. Yeah. I get, the, I get that you need to. Ha- I get that there are storylines going on, like Cage has a storyline. Get him out of the tournament. Have a minute for a minute, right? But get him out because he he doesn't need it. He's doing his own thing. Get Son of Havoc out of the tournament because he has his own thing going on. Mm-hmm. You don't. He's taking
0: up someone else's spot who just needs a reason to be on TV. I if, like the whole if- tournament thing though. Honestly, like the 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 writing and the idea of this going for a longer season episode, number wise, this feels like the right thing to me. I like how they're kind of weaving the stories in and out. I gave DJ and Roach props on, on the Twitters about it this week because I think they deserve it. Like it's not perfect. Like, you know, I, I shit on son of madness, but how many matches is that out of all of them in this scenario? Like, this is so much far and above what the other wrestling promotions have done to me. Like, yes, G1 manages to do this, but how much time do they have to take to do it? Like, and, and is it even as successful as this? Do they build the same kind of storylines that Lucha Underground Mm -hmm. is getting when they do it? I would just prefer to have the storyline. If I'm going to be nitpicky, I would have the
1: storyline after the match. Although I know it heightens the drama to have it beforehand. I just would like to see a straight up fight between Son of Havoc and Dante Fox.
0: Well, and maybe, but also you're talking about an entire 40 episodes of this thing written by two guys, basically two and a half. Yeah. If you include maybe some help from EB Dub and maybe some help from Stolman, but really DJ and Roach, come on. Like, what they're pulling well, off with the storyline-wise in the middle of what they're trying to do with this whole season, I, I find this to be high-level wrestling writing at this yeah. at this juncture. Can
1: I ask you about your math? When you say two and a half guys, do you add a third person for EV Dub but take a half person off for Stolman?
0: No, I think that they're both a quarter involved in, <laughs> in helping shape some of the stuff. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know that EV Dub uh comes up with anything i think that the stuff got, gets come people come up with stuff and they bring it to him and he's like that's great or he's occasionally like yeah <laughs> i don't know that he's ever sent one back and been like guys that sucks or um i'm pretty sure he has and i can think of exactly which one it was which one oh yeah well some of the dark stuff that they've tested out what the pirate thing i'm not saying shit justin <laughs> <laughs> you're mad you're mad that EV dub shit on the pirate thing aren't you what was that gimmick uh
2: i i don't know that he shit on the pirate i i i don't know anything i'm not saying shit
0: i want to have him back on the show and ask him if he shit on the pirate eh. and I'm, that's all i'm gonna say too i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna form the complete uh, basis for what the question is i'm just gonna say EV dub were you the guy that shit on the pirate
2: <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know um john pierre lafitte is the limo driver confirmed
0: who shit on the pirate all right so enough enough with this match um casey i don't know if you saw this segment or not but there's a backstage segment with lucha or with worldwide underground and uh it starts off with mundo in the background talking about ghost dad and uh ghost dad 2 and except for there's no ghosts and no fathers which is a hilarious line in the background from johnny mundo i don't know if people caught that as the scene was kicking off
2: yeah but anyway you know, i heard about this segment justin and it freaked me out because i see a certain character is a certain way out of a certain thing that hasn't happened yet that i don't want to have a, have a way out so i shouldn't even suggest it so forget <laughs> i said anything i don't know what you're talking about
0: well so there's this guy benjamin cook and he is now a uh, new representation for Worldwide Underground, um, which Famous B has got to be a little pissed about that because um, now somebody else is dipping into his talent pool. Um, and it's kind of funny because uh, PJ, uh, the darewolf, kind of comes up and everyone else from the underground is already sitting there and with this new Benjamin guy. And, um, you know, PJ's kind of like, why do we need representation? Mm -hmm. And Benjamin Cook, this new guy, says, well, for starters, for asking stupid questions like that, which is (laughs) fucking amazing. (laughs) Um, You know, and then he and then he proceeds to suck Johnny off with shit like, you know, when I get to the pearly gates, I can only hope that there's something as magnificent and pretty as you on the other side and just shit like that. It's like so awesome. So Um, is the
2: guy that got in the bounty hunter,
0: I'm going to assume so. You know, and so does this undermine the documentary that Ty is making, or maybe Ty's documentary is what got this guy to the table. Um, you know, and so he and he and he blows everyone else up too. Like the rest of you guys are great too, except for maybe you speaking to Ricky Moondos. Um, you know, and and kind of pumping them up and inflating their egos and tell like they need their egos inflated. That you know, Worldwide Underground is going to own Lucha Underground pretty soon. So. um then PJ goes out for his match and Benji has a strategy meeting with the rest of the team. And that's kind of the backstage segment, which, uh, is classic. It's a good one. It's almost as good as uh, no time for pants. I enjoyed this segment a lot. It was really fun.
2: Well, it's good that you enjoyed it because I didn't get a chance to watch it. Justin,
0: I think, I think that you'll actually enjoy this one. Like whatever you think about the, the WWU, as I like to call them the worldwide underground, um whatever you think of them i think that this one will actually entertain you casey in spite of the resemblance to certain things that you may find issue with
1: you think they did those initials
0: on purpose wwu like they got (laughs) close on purpose so we can represent the worldwide universe (laughs) god it's
2: horrible um so (laughs) So Prince Puma wrestled PJ Black and I don't remember this fucking match. And I was there and I don't fucking remember this match at all.
1: Okay, well, hold on, we gotta rewind. We gotta rewind because after the Son of Havoc match, Son of Havoc lost, but he got chants in the ring for his valiant effort. People were chanting Son of Havoc at him while he was on the ground, like getting up. And who and who were those redheaded people in the front row? I saw someone in the front row uh, wearing a white t-shirt.
0: Byron, let, let's, just cut, let's just cut out the bullshit. Look, you marked out for Son of Havoc in this match, didn't you? Well, yeah. Be honest.
3: Yes, he Yeah, did. but
0: also, like, I chanted for him afterwards
1: out of respect, and so did Casey. Out of
0: respect? Out of respect? How do you chant out of respect when you're going, ah. choking on the man's cock? You love him now.
1: <laughs> Casey, you're, you're
0: chanting his name too
1: yeah, also, but was,
0: dude there's video I, evidence like casey's kind of like golf clapping like yeah it was a, a good, good match thing. you're the baby face i'm supposed to cheer for you but you were like cock chugging son of havoc byron i will i will i will golf clap a good match yeah.
2: Like, yeah, a
3: good match. yeah.
0: And we all said it was a good match. And as much, uh, you know, a lot of Casey's clapping was for Dante, clearly. No, Dante was already what out of the
2: ring. Mean, it was the Son of Havoc chant. I for started him. the Son of Madness chant during the little beatdown. How about and that? Then,
1: uh, but I also want to give a shout out to Vic at the very first ring introduction. Um, I was in clear camera shot in the background just to the side of Melissa. And Vic uh, Blood Soup comes over and, and like, switches spots with me and takes my spot and pushes me off camera.
0: Well, so, what else are you supposed to do to the Son of Havoc Mark in the front row?
3: Yeah, exactly. You
0: have to push him out of there. Yeah, I'm like get I get away, get away your erection
2: for Son of Havoc is blocking my view, which is weird because it's really small. I don't know how it was blocking his view.
0: Well, now look, somebody who's important that got camera time on this episode is our homeboy Alberto, Um, And he's in the chat room saying that Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daga at the crash was the super dopeness. Um, I don't know if you heard me last week, but I am not the biggest Zack Sabre Jr. fan. It's not that I don't think he's a good worker. It's that I I find him not to be believable. There's something about him as a wrestler that I have a slight issue with. that I'm trying to get over too, because I really want to like him. Daga, however, is the shit. I love Daga. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um you just don't like Zack Saber Jr. because he looks
2: like he belongs on the fucking in betweeners is like the kid that's too nerdy to be part of the real cast.
0: Yeah, is- well, uh yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean look, you know what it is? I saw some little kids watching a Zack Saber Jr. match and they were like, Yeah, when's the wrestler come out? It's like, you know, as much as people want to hate on Vince, some of what Vince does, it either has programmed all of us, and maybe that's what I need to break to like Zack Sabre Jr., or yes. or he's just right, that when we're talking about, even hypothetically, two guys fighting, we want them to look like two guys who sh- could be fighting.
2: You know, Justin, that's that's in your case. You just got to watch some of the videos I send you, and then you won't think someone's a wrestler unless they're wearing a Freddy mask or... Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's a little bit the issue I'm having with Finn Balor right now, too. Like, I want Finn Balor to be the Universal Champion, but when you've got a guy like Brock Lesnar, who you know legit can beat people up, like, does it make sense to have a guy like Finn Balor be the Universal Champion?
2: I do not buy Finn Balor beating Brock Lesnar at all. Well, I'm not
0: even talking about them facing off with each other. I'm just talking about if Finn is the champion. Like, he was the Universal Champion for a hot second, literally a second. And it's like I don't know if I believe that that guy should be the champion in a world where there's a Brock Lesnar in the same division as him. Okay, just remember you said that when you
2: said you were okay with sexy star winning the title and not Pentagon. Just remember that. Just remember that.
0: Yeah, but she's got boobs and Finn doesn't. All right, I'm moving on. He so can, can him, we can buy him some. Well, and they might work, old Fergal. Nah. Old Fergal Tets there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said Fergal Tets. <laughs> horrible racist
3: <laughs> all the way
0: around I just, uh, there's something wrong with every part of that Byron um, anyway so this is another match where I'm going to say the same thing about Puma Dark versus, and I'm calling him Puma Dark damn it I don't care what anyone says because I like that better than Prince Puma no one else needs to be a prince or king or reina or any of that I think the revolution of the kings and queens has come to a fucking end after this tie of bullshit
2: fucking, fucking hashtag king Sid baby
0: stop it. Even King Sid. Fuck fuck everyone named King anything. No more kings, no more queens, no more nothing. If Taya can't be the queen of queens, then no one gets to be royalty anymore. That's my you know, take on it. So
2: basically, what we're saying is that she has to break off her engagement to Johnny Mundo and marry Sid, and those would be some very interesting-looking babies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very strong jaws. That's all I'm going to say. Very strong jaws. Um, so Puma Dark versus PJ Black. This is another match where they got it right. PJ is a guy who should be basing for other guys. This match is really, really good and really, really strong. And we said basing, not base jumping. No, not base jumping. He definitely shouldn't be doing that anymore. Nope. Uh, PJ, Got to calm it down. (laughs) Not good for the longevity of your career, brother. Um, PJ's great in this match and this is probably of all the stuff he's done in any promotion, one mm-hmm. of my favorite matches of his um, he makes Puma look good he helps the Puma tweener angle get over even though he's a heel um, he bases perfectly for it, all of Puma's shit looks super fucking good against him uh, I'm a little salty that PJ wasn't able to do this for Sexy Star because he looked like he phoned Phoned it in that day, but something about this match lit a fire under his ass and he brought it. And then his high spots looked fucking great. This is just a match that worked on every level. Didn't have to be anything extreme. We're not at the finals yet. You know, played the storyline out well and the wrestling was phenomenal. And, and, chain wrestling. Yeah. Fucking chain wrestling from Ricochet. And it worked. I don't know who Ricochet is. Trevor! Uh, not helping. Prince! Not helping. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Prince.
2: <laughs> That's going to be his gimmick in WWE. He's going to be the artist formerly known as Prince Puma. He should. I mean, and he's got a
0: little bit of that, that, that you know, Prince stash and that, kind of... WCW feels. already did it. He does have a
2: very similar voice and mannerisms to Prince. He does. He does. Um,
0: he does. He's a little bit taller. I'll give him credit for that. He's a little I bit taller. Guys, I really, I
1: really want to not have to get into wrestlers who kind of act like the. the you think like, you're
2: not a fan of uh, of the artist formerly known as Prince Ayaka? In
1: WCW, that's one thing. All right, that's one thing. That's Vince Russo idea, and you can sweep that under the rug as a bad idea. Oh
2: but, no, 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 Vince, Vince doesn't have bad ideas. The Rock. Like they gave him the TV title and had him beat Regal.
0: That's but, good stuff, Byron. That's good stuff.
1: I don't. But what? What I? What I? Re- I don't know if you guys are familiar with what's happening in NXT. No, they actually have a guy.
2: Fuck the revival.
1: <laughs> they, They're they not actually, even in NXT anymore. I know. I know. They have a guy actually doing a Prince act in his top. In his finish is a top rope elbow drop. And I'm not saying he's not an athlete and he's not talented for the level of, you know, experience he's at. But it just I don't need to see some guy pretending to be Prince on my TV. There's only. So you're saying you're not a fan of Prince Puma. No, I like Prince Puma. Oh, oh. NXT. No question
2: for you, Byron. If, Why? You, Why? if you if uh, you if you're a developmental company and you know how how WWE is about protecting finishers, are you gonna have some guy throw a half rate elbow off the top rope when you have Hojo
1: on your roster now? Well, that's another thing. That's another. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive. Hojo, who's Hojo? You're talking about karai Sane? Yeah, it's so karate insane.
0: yeah, it,
2: it, <laughs> Kairi, Kairi.
0: Kai Kai insane though. Well,
2: we one Japanese listener. Thanks, Justin.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm doing Vince's impression of her new name. What do they call her? What do they? What? Do you Kyle remember Kyle Roddy Insane. That's great.
1: I, I will never forget this. Uh, how um, Vince McMahon was first convinced to hire an Asian female wrestler. Blowjob? No. It was. uh, This was was the story of how uh, (laughs) China doesn't (laughs) count. I think one of the reasons how uh, one of the ways that uh, Gail Kim was hired, and this is a story that you can look up, is uh, Jim Ross was putting Gail Kim over to, to Vince, and Vince didn't know the appeal of Asian women, so Jim Ross had to uh had to in- had to tell him that asian porn was very popular
2: you you know i wonder what that conversation sounded like byron what did it sound like casey i'm not gonna fucking do it i'm not a clown
0: come on <laughs> i'll do vince if you do jr <laughs> but,
2: no i can do both i can do both uh well pal uh what 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 do you got uh coming up from the developmental huh Huh? Do they puke? Huh? <laughs> what? It, I guess it's it a guy. little there, pal. Well well Vince, uh we we have Gail Kim. Why does she have two first names, pal? Huh? Huh? Well 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 Vince, she's Asian.
1: Ah, uh, you, you mean Oriental? Two first names. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, Vince, we can't call them that anymore. And I and I have it on good authority, uh Wink, wink that they're very popular in pornos, you know, like Val Venus.
0: <laughs> well uh, I'm a big fan of Val's work, uh, uh especially his uh pretty much promos. Uh Val. I don't know, dude. I'm fucking tired. I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd
4: you stop?
0: <laughs> this is the best thing that's ever happened to MMM's show. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Everyone uh, knows that it's just gonna devolve into Vince yelling
2: at JR to take his panties off if he's sorry. If they've ever heard <laughs> in my, gym, my Vince McMahon impressions, it always ends with that. How's that go? Take your panties off if you're sorry. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, this is so entertaining to me. No, this J-R- is no, why I, I do the no, show, no, people. No Whatever you do. Ah, huh, pal, you want to get on a helicopter, huh? <laughs> pal, want to get on a helicopter? Oh god! Oh god! We got from somehow we went from bitch-ass Puma in his skinny jeans trying to buy Lucha Underground shirts at Hot Topic to Vince getting people's panties off again.
2: Can we can we talk about Jim Ross's creepy hitting on women now on Twitter all the time? Because it's, it's kind of creeping me out.
0: It's really honestly amazing it's kind of it's kind of a good thing, Casey. I kind of am have a renewed faith like, look, you know your wife dies and you're in the wrestling business and you keep working, yeah you kind of should be an old pervert who really tries to uh make moves on on younger women so
2: he, you want Jim Ross to become Jerry Lawler is what you're saying
0: nope. Nope. Never want to hear the word puppies ever get in my life, even when there's someone is talking about an actual dog. dog.
2: Speaking of which, I was listening Guys.
0: to the Bruce, Pitch- the Bruce Pritchard
2: podcast. Great fucking show. So much better than ours. Brother Love? Yeah. Yeah. He said puppies is a Vince thing. He just says that in regular life. So they started using it
0: on TV. Oh, dear oh. Lord. That doesn't necessarily make it any better. No, it makes it worse, actually. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Casey, did you hear that they're doing a Punjabi prison match?
2: Fuck yeah! Was the Chamber of Horrors busy? I made that joke on Twitter and it popped DJ, so I wanted to say it again on here. Um, Did you ever hear like the original story of the Punjabi prison match? They wanted no. it to be an exploding barbed wire match, and they got freaked out, and then this is what we got instead.
0: <laughs> they went with bamboo instead because that's so menacing. <laughs> Over yeah, exploding I mean, barbed wire. I, saw
2: I mean, later. that's the story Court Bauer told, and we know how accurate he is at all times. so um yeah so
0: i don't know that he's inaccurate i mean i only waited an extra month for lucha underground on netflix yeah yeah (laughs) it was only a month
1: i saw a picture of the Punjabi prison match ring set up you can't see in the ring it's horrible well have you guys ever seen the match it's the most
2: fucking convoluted rules
0: well, right. yeah, it's like you have to tell them to open a door, and then yeah. that door only stays open for sixty seconds and then it's closed forever, yeah, because yeah. like no one's gonna get out of there like we- well, okay, we know you're gonna have one door open and not get out of it, and then eventually everyone's gonna get out of one of the doors. It's fine, and then
4: you have to climb
0: you have to climb over this menacing thirty feet of bamboo it's
4: shrouded
3: like
0: you just
4: in climb over
2: climb over the other fucking wall with the doors in it, but you gotta climb over the wall with the, without the doors.
0: Look, it is definitely a spectacle looks wise, but if you think about it, who do we have in this match? Of all the guys that I could think of that this match might be interesting to contain, like Kevin Owens versus Shinsuke Nakamura in the Punjabi prison, that'd <laughs> be freaking amazing. <laughs> no. But we've got Jinder and Randy. Who are going to forearm bump each other for 30 minutes before one of them crawls out of one of the doors. And then they're gonna forearm bump each other for another 25 minutes before one of them climbs over the top or there's some stupid swerve.
2: Oh, like, no, it's gonna be the fun thing where Ginder gets out a door and Orton has to fight the lackeys with the door locked, you see. Oh, no,
4: and then the he's sin get out.
2: But then Ginder's secretly scared of heights. So he has a hard time climbing. You see, that that'll be another thing.
0: Oh and- God! Uh, you know, just I I hope that when the Singh brothers climb over the outer wall, that at least one of them rips their Express for Men jeans or pants or whatever those things are. That's all I can hope.
1: I I like what they're doing. I like their acting. I like the opportunity. But I just I can't take what I can't take seriously. What wrestler with a
0: Cobra clutch? What slam finish? What? What? <laughs> what? oh man i'm sorry okay like, a cobra clutch isn't even a bad mood like if that if, if that's your worst case scenario for that look but I, it's it's
1: it's just so played out as a finish there's no personality to it it's like the i fu- got
2: fucking tapped out to one in jiu-jitsu once that shit fucking hurts bro i like
1: well, that move. Know, but do a cobra clutch as a submission but just like the cobra clutch
0: slam it, as a Look, a DDT has played out too, but at the same time, when Bobby Roode does a glorious DDT, it's still fucking awesome. First
2: of all, no, and you know what, Byron,
3: no.
2: you can't have him do a full Nelson Slam instead because that's the Uncle Slam and that's only for Americans and Test, yeah. who was Canadian, but we don't count him because he's dead.
0: Look, somehow we got back on WWE, so can I talk about this fucking Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle thing and how oh. offensive <laughs> it is? Please, let me just on, recap
3: on. Face
2: Off before you, you rant about Kurt Angle's real life proclivity for having sex with black women in the wrestling business. We
0: can talk um, about Face Off too, but we, me and you got to talk about a little bit of UFC, because I want to talk about DJ and his ESPY too.
2: Oh, did Joseph won an ESPY?
0: No, he didn't. It was, it was Demetrius Johnson. But
3: mm.
0: look, let, let, let me say this about, I, I'm not going to talk about WWE long, because I honestly at this yeah. point don't give a fuck. This Jason Jordan thing, Kurt Angle, whatever, I get the angle, whatever, fine. It should have been Stephanie, as as transparent and obvious as that would have been. This angle is fucking horrifying. It's horrifyingly bad.
2: It should have been Dixie Carter. That shit would have been great.
0: Exactly. and A lot of people speculated that that might happen, too. That would have been super cool. That would have been a great angle. This is just garbage. It's not going to get Jordan over. It's not going to help Angle out. Like, unless they tie it to Triple H and lead to an Angle Triple H match that's been speculated about, which Angle, by the way, shouldn't do because of his fucking neck. Uh Like, it's just stupid. And it's super offensive, Vince. And I know this is you, Vince. And I hope to God you fucking listen to this. Of course it's Vince. (laughs) The idea that Kurt Angle diddled some black woman 20 years ago and then gave up the baby for adoption is fucking offensive. It's horrifying. Like, I don't normally care about insensitive gimmicks and gags, but the problem is the fact that they didn't even realize the backstory of this gag is fucking offensive. This wasn't even Vince trying to be offensive which offends me even more when Vince wants somebody to fuck a corpse. That's fine. I get that he's trying to be fucking offensive, but this is just the level of redneck back Hills, ignorant dumb fuck offensive that absolutely should never be on TV. You're implying that an interracial baby is not good enough to have a fucking family or parent. You're an asshole. This should never have made air. And it's a stupid gimmick that's not gonna get anyone over on top of it. That's it. That's all I have and, when to say
2: about you're, and when you're surrounded by fucking yes men that never tell you no, and you're uh, however fuck old, weird old man that Vince McMahon is, this is the kind of shit that happens. Yeah, and
0: they got Kurt over perfectly with the homecoming thing. Mm-hmm. The home the 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 WWE 24 homecoming thing is great. And honestly, the worst thing about that is Vince. When Kurt walks into his office and Vince is like, <laughs>
4: that's
0: the worst thing on that whole thing. And that thing, I actually watched it and I was like, damn Kurt angle is something special. This is fucking great. This is monumentous that he's back. And then they just go and screw it up with this. This is horrible. WWE at its fucking worst. And okay. May young tournament. I'm, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to spoil The, Fuck out of it because I don't care. Ronda Rousey shows up there and um, she's there because Shayna Baszler is there. And if you don't know, Jessamine Duke, Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, and Ronda Rousey formed a group of girls. Uh, and because of Josh Barnett's involvement with training half of those girls, um, though he was not training Ronda. They called themselves the Four Horsewomen. Josh Barnett, if you don't know, is a uh, huge wrestling mark and has done some pro wrestling himself. Kind of the inspiration for Shayna getting into it seriously in the first place. While Jessamine, Marina and Ronda kept on with the MMA, Shayna kind of was like, I'm fucking done with MMA. Let me go try wrestling. And she's been doing a great job. You see her out in the indies. Like She needs a, a bigger moveset, but she ain't bad and she's got some charisma and character. So... She's in the the Mae Young Classic, and then they bring the WWE version of the Four Horsewomen, who didn't get the gimmick first, but rightfully have more of a claim to the name because it's Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, and Becky, Um, though Sasha was not there at the tournament. So Shayna is moving along through the tournament, and basically you get a face-off with Ronda and her Four Horsewomen throwing out the Four Horsemen sign while Charlotte and Becky and Bailey are also throwing out the four horse sign. And this is actually interesting, not bad. Um, and just because I'm really mad at Vince for the Jordan uh, angle thing, I'm going to say that Shayna makes it to the final against what's that Japanese girl's name. All right. Same. Uh, I, I'm actually
2: surprised they didn't job her out in the first round, so I'm very surprised, actually.
0: I think that it's honestly the two women who should be in the final. Um, and I yeah, do find that's it, I'm it
2: surprised that's the way it's going is it's
0: a good idea. yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a really good idea. It's a good angle. Having both sets of four horsewomen facing off with each other. It's also super smart if they're trying to woo Rhonda, which I believe if they're smart, they are. Uh-huh. Um, and wooing Rhonda, even if she comes in as a valet or manager, because Shayna has obviously done the work and Rhonda has not. Right. It's more credible to have Shayna in the ring, even though Shayna's only like three years in total. Um, you know, I like that whole thing. I'd like to see Karai get screwed over coming in. Um, I think that that's better to make her a more sympathetic character and get her over in the long run. I honestly have a feeling that when we all get to see them at young tournament, we may all be pleasantly surprised. And honestly, it's probably because Vince didn't have anything to do with it. It was probably H that booked it or somebody else. I don't know, but, um, it sounds like it's going to be good. And until they get called up, it probably won't get too fucked over. And honestly, they owe it to a lot of people after that fucking Money in the Bank ladder match. Like, if they yeah. fuck up the Mae Young tournament on top of the Money in the Bank ladder match, fuck WWE forever.
2: Uh, on top of the ladder match, on top of how they booked Bayley ever since she's been called up, uh, who is a license? Come on, I make fun of Bayley a lot for being the you female team, but she's the fucking license to print money, and they
0: just... She don't. is. I, she yeah. is. I know a whole lot of people who own a whole lot of Bailey merch. Right. Like,
1: it's something though to, to it is something to be said about the level of equality in WWE where they will butcher their top female stars just as much as they'll butcher
0: their top male stars.
2: Right, they fuck up with everyone equally.
0: Yeah, they really do. Okay. But I mean Bailey's a different story because honestly, you know, a lot of times when they see the merch moving, is when they try to give somebody an unnecessary push. I mean, look at Roman Reigns. Part of the reason why we're still dealing with that whole thing is because of the amount of merch he moves. How is Bailey not getting that rub? Like just cause she's not a second generation superstar? Like what was she gotta she gotta be a fucking Guerrero or a Flair or a, a heart to fucking She's not mm-hmm. like Enzo and Big Cass, where apparently the locker room
2: hates them both for completely different reasons. <laughs> Cass is being the most entertaining because he's so pro-Trump that everyone hates him, apparently.
0: Yeah, which uh, is funny because, uh, you know, before all that, everyone was talking about how he's such a good worker and how he protects everyone and how he's really a great guy to ride with and this, that, and the other thing. And now it's like he's, everyone hates him because he's a political dick.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like that little thing came out and it just
0: turned everyone. It's But now his his lady friend is not on board with that either, right? Isn't that part of the reason why everyone still thinks he's he's a dick? Didn't he put her in check publicly with something and everyone thought he was an even bigger dick because of that? Oh, really?
2: Yeah, I, I think everyone really likes her because she seems like she's like the nicest fucking person in the world too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, ooh, that's, that's not good.
0: Yeah, I think she questioned some of his stuff publicly, and I shouldn't say publicly, but I mean in front of other workers and he kind of Put her in check and ranted on her, and that made people backstage hate him even more. (laughs) But hey, that's that's how it goes in the E, right? All right. So what do you want to do, Case? You want to talk face off, or you want to talk UFC? Because they're both good. I'll do face off really quick because you didn't see it in the show. Yeah, I didn't. This
2: bullshit. So okay. So what they did first thing they did is Twisted Six doesn't have enough people, so they had to give them another person.
0: We did another schoolyard pick this week, Jesus.
2: Yeah, but guess who they fucking got? They got fucking Andrew. That's bullshit. Yeah, but the rest of his team is like, "Oh, we're gonna fucking show him because everyone thinks we just win because of Andrew because he's so fucking good, right?" So, um, they're doing they're doing this uh, four seasons thing, and there's four people on each team, so each person's doing a season, right? Right. And more or less what happens is they decide that it's a draw. So, again, Twisted Six does not win. Again. So, they still haven't won any weeks. But the reason they did it was a draw is because each team had two they liked and two they fucking hated.
3: And They're,
0: They're like the most losing team in reality since that one season of Survivor where they just let the entire team get decimated down to, like, two people.
2: Well it gets worse because Twisted Six had both the winner and the loser because of this. So um Casey won, she had like uh a, a summer one that was kind of like flame inspired. And uh, you know, it was bright and colorful. And these this was all supposed to be kind of like beauty makeup, which is why I thought it was boring probably. Like it it wasn't that interesting of an episode. The team dynamics were a little interesting, but uh and then um andrew went home he completely fucked up but he was been great every other week but he went home because he did this uh he did this snowman guy that ended up looking like uh, was it really
0: bad because i can't believe that andrew went home i'm actually dude, surprised to hear that
2: it looked like um the snow miser <laughs> but like mixed with gold dust it was oh. Yeah, and I'm talking, like, you know, 95 Gold Dust, not, like, knew how to do his makeup
0: Gold Dust. Oh, oh, that's, you mean Terry, Terry in the back helping him do makeup Gold Dust? Yeah,
2: yeah, and so it's like, okay, they, they also had to make it strong enough for people to do a dance performance, and um, Faina was totally in love with the guest judge, this dancing guy, like, she was fangirling out, and it was pretty hilarious. And, like, they kept, like, cutting it so it looked like they were giving each other little looks and stuff. It was pretty funny. But uh, I do recommend watching this episode just so you can see how bad Andrew's makeup was, like,
0: uncharacteristically bad for him. Oh, for sure. I'm going to watch it. But it's not up on the website either, is it? No. Um, And, you know, the sci-fi. We're basically saying this is the second week in a row for a technical fuck-up for sci-fi with face-off.
2: Dude, something's up with the Sci-Fi site. It wasn't taking my password to log in, and I know I have the right password because it's the same one I used to get into Time Warner, which works, you know? And so, um, yeah, something's really up with the Sci-Fi site. Uh, they I, they apparently are using um, TNA's production team back when they were on Fox Sports, you know? <laughs> like, they, before they even had Spike TV. Yeah. Uh, when when each match had like a 15 minute time limit
0: i don't know the team that they took over to pop wasn't so very good either
2: (laughs) but man so yeah so that was face off we have um so twisted six lost another person so it's going to be four on three again next
0: week oh good times that's that's hilarious. I got. I will watch this episode and we'll catch up because next time you see me and Casey together when we talk about Face Off, it'll probably be two episodes.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah, we'll have more to talk about then. And plus, uh, Scare LA will be coming up, so I'll have some fun monster stuff to talk about
0: too. Ooh, sweet. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Krabs, I feel like Oscar versus Hojo will not happen within the first two years of Hojo coming in. That's my opinion. I feel like they're going to fuck you over and you're not going to get to see that. So, And by the time you
2: see it, it's not going to mean anything and you're not going to want to see it. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's
0: what it is. They have to find the two years to make you kill any anticipation or care for that match. Yeah. That's, that's got to happen first.
2: Because the only right. time they'll do it right is when it was like Wyatt Family and The Shield and then they only did it twice and then broke up both teams. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the important stuff in UFC, but before we get to that, the, the not important stuff in UFC is the ultimate fighter. They've announced that Justin Gaethje versus Eddie Alvarez is going to be the next ultimate fighter season. And it's going to be to crown, I believe the first UFC women's 125 champion, um, which is a weight class they desperately need. A lot of these women should be in there. Jessica, I should be in there. Uh, You just saw um, Joanne Calderwood lose again because she should probably be at 125.
2: But neither of them are going to be on the show probably, though.
0: No, they're not going to be on the show. But once they create the division, hopefully they'll make a few other stars, patch a few of these women into that 125. And then I think, honestly, at this point, I think they were right to do it the way that they did and force women to have enough stars to force women into the two weight classes. And now that they're going to open it up to four weight classes, um, <clears throat> I believe that they're going to create even more stars. Because if you look at it, the the, the women's MMA is getting over. They're drawing better numbers than a lot of the mid-card men. Um, and some of it's sexist that it's happening that way, because honestly, there are female fighters that look better than others that get the push over female fighters who are clearly better, who aren't as attractive, (laughs) but at the same time, it's working for now. And it hopefully will benefit all of them. Um, And I think that now widening out the, the weight ranges, you know, and I watch a lot of Invicta, you know, and I see who the other women are out there that are (coughs) capable of doing this. And there's plenty, there's enough for Invicta, Bellator and UFC to all have credible divisions at these weight classes. Uh, I don't think they should add Adam weight for quite a while. Because I think you're going to get the same results as what you get with the 125 men, the flyweight men, uh, with DJ, which I'm going to get into in a second.
2: What is Adam weight? That like 115 or 120?
0: 105. Wow. They have a 105 in Invicta. They have 105, 115, 125, 135, and 145. Yeah. So yeah, they have some some little little tiny ones in Invicta, Um, but UFC shouldn't go there yet. Anyway. So, but Justin Gaethje, this is the right move for him. Justin Gaethje is a fighter that, if you haven't seen him in World Series of Fighting, he's he's kind of another Cowboy Cerrone a little bit. He's a little bit wild. He likes to brawl. Um, his last fight is certainly another indication of that. It's great to have him here. I think Eddie Alvarez is a is a really good foil for him. Even though I know a lot of people wanted Kevin Lee to be in there. Um, yeah, don't don't look, guys. When is a brother really going to get the rub on Ultimate Fighter? You really think they're going to start with Kevin Lee being that guy? I don't. Like, <laughs> just yeah. being realistic, Kevin, they're not. They're not going to give Kevin Lee the shot that you may think he deserves. And honestly, has he really earned it yet? Yes, he's been impressive. He's starting to talk some smack. He's going to be an exciting fighter. But you know, I don't expect race barriers to be torn down overnight. The stuff that DJ's going through and Tyron Woodley's going through, like Kevin Lee's going to be the guy to fix all that.
3: It ain't like, man,
2: when I do my Salute Your Shorts reboot and I give him the role of Ugg because his real name is also Kevin Lee, <laughs> it's going to be fucking great. And everyone will be like, why Why does Why does Ugg look like he can fuck people up all of a sudden? And I'm going <laughs> to say, why not? Because sometimes a camp counselor has to throw down. You never know when Jason's going to show up or Zeke the plumber in Salute Your Shorts' case three people are getting this reference and they're marking the fuck out right now. And they I are. hope one of them's in I the got chat.
0: I got <laughs> it. Kevin Lee. I think Kevin Lee is like the UFC's version of AR Fox. So I got love for the dude. It's just, you know, AR Fox has the benefit of the fact that people get to write how his performances come out and yeah. you can't, you can't script Kevin Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, um, I think, uh, I think it's good to keep keep Gaethje in the spotlight without having to have him fight, um, because he's wild and he's going to get knocked the fuck out. And then your money train with Kevin Ga- or Justin Gaethje is going to run out. And Eddie Alvarez clearly, uh, after what happened with him and Connor, needs uh, he needs the rub badly because he is a star. He's a former champion. And basically what you have here is the World Series of Fighting champion versus the Bellator champion on the Ultimate Fighter, which is probably where it should be because nobody is going to care about that storyline that is a mainstream watcher. Um, so they also talked about Bisping and Whitaker possibly being this fight. Like, dude, oh. Bisping, I don't know what they're going to do at this point because they've kind of blown it. I feel like when Connor comes back, after the boxing fight, he should get GSP now, and Bisbing shouldn't even get that. You know, clearly, Yoel is the hype that people want, but Whitaker's injured right now, um, and the Whitaker-Bisping fight is good, but I don't know that anyone's going to care. I think that's a great fight, but I don't think anyone gives a shit about Bisbing and Whitaker.
2: Man, uh, I'd watch the fight, <laughs> but... A whole season of them going back and forth.
0: Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. Like, Bisping's had his time to do that, and he's he's past it now, and I don't think that that would help his image. They just got to find the right fight for him already and announce it because this GSP thing is a debacle. Um, and honestly, I do think at this point, you just hold GSP for Connor, and if Connor wants him, you give GSP to Connor and let them both make a billion dollars, and that's probably the only fight that they could book for Connor to come back now that money-wise could draw enough to entice him after the amount of money he's going to make in this other thing. Um, So that being said, I have to tell people why I think, and, and Casey, I hope you agree with me, Cormier versus Jones is, in fact, a more important fight than Conor versus Floyd. And the reason why I think that is because cormier versus jones above just being two of the best in a division fighting each other is going to determine the tone of the ufc for probably the next two or three years oh the shit talk's gonna be awesome well it already is like look yeah. at their twitters it is it is out of control Dude, and this picture is of the
2: was was great
0: yeah um, like the stuff that connor and floyd are doing and which some of which is theatrics If you go and check out what's going on between Floyd and DC right now, it's not theatrics. They're doing it in front of 10 people. They're doing it in front of 10,000 people. They'll do it in front of 10 million. They don't care. It's fucking real.
2: And this is is what I want the UFC to look like for the next two or three years.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but here's the problem to me. If DC wins, I feel like the era of the money fight continues in UFC. If Jones wins, I feel like you get a guy that people start to believe is a legitimate champion back on the top. You give him a little more of the Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes kind of respect that you know country boys used to give UFC back in the day of, we have this legitimate pound-for-pound Tyson-esque champion in the UFC. And I think that's really what the UFC needs. Like As much as Conor can pop a number... No one really believes that Connor's that guy. No one is running around screaming that Connor's the pound-for-pound pound best. The only other guy out there that anyone's saying is the pound-for-pound pound best is fucking DJ, who I'm still going to get to in a minute.
2: Um, My, qu- I do have a question for you, Jeff. Yeah. What about option number three? What's that? Uh, Jones wins, and then he pisses hot.
0: Still keeps it alive. Yeah. But, but maybe the but maybe the era of the money fight continues. Cool. I mean, it, look if anybody really wants to get back to the point where UFC can pop a number and keep people interested with the number one contender facing the best guy who's holding the belt, mm-hmm. you need John Jones.
2: Which it is ha- it has what to be every that true fan should want to see happen.
0: Maybe. I like the money fight thing, too. I could see it going the other way, but if you get DC as a champion and you look at the rest of the light heavyweight division and you look at the numbers that he pulls and the kind of fan following that he has, it almost insists that for William Morris Endeavor to make their money back on what they put into UFC that they have to stay in the era of the money fight.
2: Uh, uh, See, I don't think DC's going to win. I don't either. I like DC a lot more. I think he's fucking hilarious, and I like I like him being the heel. Well, see, you guys call him the heel. I just call him completely justified in everything that he does. But uh, you like yeah. heels everywhere, though. But DC's a heel, man. <laughs> the towel thing is great, and you know what? John Jones is taking the picture, saying saying that he's what like down to like uh, to like one ninety five or something now because he's pushing down on the towel. <laughs> fucking great and uh and, you
0: know who was the other oh i like the one where john uh dc gets at john about like oh your dick medicine your dick pills blah blah blah. and jones just comes back and i like man you are more obsessed with another man's penis than anybody should be in our sport <laughs> which is great
1: now it's, more obsessed than casey you should listen to him talk all day long casey knows about rigs yeah you
0: know,
2: if, if he, the guy needs dick pills, he's obviously off the cocaine. That's what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> anyway, I think it's it's the future of the sport, and I think it's more important than Conor versus Mayweather because of that. If you look at the, the Mayweather-McGregor fight, everyone's like, you know, this could be the savior of boxing. It could be. It could be create a significant uptick in boxing. And in that regards, it could have a bigger impact than Cormier Jones. But what I'm saying is there's not as much riding on it because if it doesn't have an impact, it's not going to change the current state of it at all. You know, it's either level or better, but with the Jones Cormier thing, I think what the results of the fight are going to determine whether the entire sport goes one direction or the other. I don't think that that's possible in the Mayweather-McGregor thing. Even if Conor wins, I don't think it's going to change things that much. Because you know what happens if Conor wins? Boxing just got a new boxer. Yeah. (laughs) Connor will never fight MMA again. If he wins, there's no reason for him to, because of the amount of money that he could make boxing and never stepping foot into a cage again. If he beats Floyd, some magical way, if he loses to Floyd, it's what everyone anticipates and everyone says, okay, boxing is still what it was. Like you can't beat us in the sweet science. And then maybe there's something to be said for MMA, but I don't feel that it changes boxing. You either get another boxer who can draw or things stay exactly where they are. It's not going to make boxing any worse. It just can't, it doesn't have the ability to do that. Even if the whole thing is a debacle, even if Floyd comes out and knocks Connor out in one round, how does that make boxing worse? If Connor wins, how does it make boxing worse? It's not, it's not going to, it's gonna bring more guys in boxing more money if Connor magically wins somehow. In fact, that might be better for boxing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Are you saying I need magic to win because I'm magically delicious, Justin?
0: You're a leprechaun, <laughs> Connor. Um, anyway, so that's my, that's my take on it.
2: I'm going to WWE next.
0: Well, and at one point, I honestly thought that he would and should do that. Yeah. But yeah. now, with the money he's making in boxing, he's never going to WWE. Uh, He'll stay okay. in the cage or the ring.
3: Physical or lose,
2: he's got to start shit-talking Pacquiao next fucking yeah
0: literally. yeah
2: absolutely
1: and absolutely otherwise he's gonna take a lot less it's gonna have a lot less of a physical toll on him
0: well only only if you're boxing mayweather but it uh, depends yeah, yeah some of these guys if you're like triple g he could, he could well, get- he's not like he's not taking real boxing fights But if he does, I'm saying, and honestly, if he comes out of this a winner or even if he goes all 12 and fights again in boxing and gets one of the other big names, that could be bad news for him because the other guys, it's not that Floyd doesn't hit hard. Floyd hits hard, but Floyd doesn't hit repeatedly to the side of your head like some of these other guys do, which can cause permanent issues. Just Floyd's style alone isn't that style. He's either going to KO you or he's going to outpoint you and make you look stupid. He's not going to punish you. To the brain, literally, like some of these other guys, like Triple G, re- repeatedly concuss you until yeah, you can't know, so, that you had for breakfast. Even even Canelo, or some of these other guys, I think, would really damage Conor uh, irrevocably. Um, I so like Canelo,
2: but he's got he's got to drop the fucking nickname, dude. Cinnamon is not a good nickname. <laughs>
0: Sorry. All right, so if you've listened to this show recently, you know that I take issue with a certain man named DJ. And I'm not talking about Krista Joseph. I'm talking about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who is a good fighter. In fact, he's so good of a fighter, ESPN named him the fighter of the year. That's right. DJ won an ESPY. And you want to know how over DJ is for winning an SB? He's so over for winning an SB that even ESPN knew better than to put his ass on a stage and let him give an acceptance speech because he's bad for fucking ratings.
2: I thought you were going to say he was so over for winning an SB. He got an extra 10
0: Twitch viewers. Yeah, well, well, did he even get that? didn't let it they didn't even let him take the stage and i love it because it shows once again dj this is where you're at bro you are the best fighter in the world and guess what nobody cares please make somebody care please get at me bro say something what what gimmick do we give him justin what's what's the gimmick that we got to give him well okay he started getting the gimmick on his own first of all he hired uh and abe kawa to be his managers and is finally not having Matt Hume be his fucking manager. Like your coach shouldn't be your manager. Like those guys who are still fighting and letting Greg Jackson be their manager. They're dumb too. You know, Duke Rufus, if he's your manager and your coach, you're dumb. Like these guys are trained to teach you how to hit people, come up with fight strategies. They shouldn't be telling you how to work the media or do interviews or how to hype a fight or how to get paid. DJ's not getting paid. He's not getting the respect. He's not getting the love. He's not getting the numbers because he hasn't had a manager and he somehow thinks that he can do it himself or that Matt Hume can fucking do it. You're a so, bunch of fucking punch drunk idiots if you think that that's the way to make money in the fight game.
2: How would you say this manager uh, compares to the likes of Bobby, the brain Heenan or Mr. Fuji,
0: Malki Kawa. He's like everybody's manager. He's like John Jones manager. He's like wow. Ferguson and, and, uh, Connor or Khabib or something. Like he, we he manages like, a bunch of guys. We need like fucking visibility though. What are the state
2: athletic commission restrictions on somebody standing in his corner and yelling in a megaphone like Jimmy Hart? Cause he's available.
0: No, that's what that should, that should happen. Yeah. Like if you saw that at a DJ fight, wouldn't you actually maybe consider paying for him on pay-per-view? Exactly. If I'm ever wondering if Jimmy's going to throw that megaphone in the ring
2: so that he could ju- into the octagon so he could just hit his opponent with it. But I mean,
0: look at look at what this says. This is saying that ESPN, one of the authorities on sports in the world is saying that you are the baddest man in the world with his fists in combat sports in fighting of any kind it's you it's not floyd it's not connor it's not john jones it's not mike tyson it's not any badass in the world you can name they're saying it's this 125 pound flyweight champion of the ufc demetrius johnson and you're so badass we won't even give you three minutes to say thank you for this award Because you can't draw flies. You can beat up flies. You can beat up anyone on the planet, but you can't make people interested enough that we're going to let you give a speech. To be fair, Justin, a lot of the other people
2: that you mentioned wouldn't be given a live mic for three minutes either. Um, Specifically the guy that would tell people that they would, he would rip their heart out and feed it to their shithead kids or whatever uh, Tyson used to say. But
0: But come on, if it was John Jones or Conor McGregor, you think they wouldn't have given him mic time?
2: That's true. And so my suggestion is that DJ has to start telling people he's going to fuck them until they love him.
0: He's got to do something. He's got to do something. You can't be the 125-pound black kid nerd on the internet fighting champion who is really, really good and have anyone believe or care about you. Unless he does an Urkel gimmick. Okay, that's a gimmick, though. Yeah, he
2: can start wearing his uh, his fucking trunks up to his armpits and shit. It would work. It would work. See, I'm just trying to pop Byron. He's not even fucking listening.
0: He's not.
3: That's okay. Because
2: he's enough. a huge Urkel fan. Like, Byron, like, see, I watched Family Matters for the legendary Reginald <laughs> Bell Johnson.
0: <laughs>
3: Byron just because
2: was- you, uh,
0: just you're a huge diehard fan, right? Exactly. And Thank you. he's the same character exactly the same character yeah. and uh
1: it's a spin-off
2: here urkel fan sometimes sometimes waldo Geraldo Faldo, but mostly urkel and uh byron has no idea what you, you didn't fucking watch family matters did you byron
1: i watched family matters all the time tgif was an awesome lineup of shows then how come you didn't pop at the mention of the great waldo Geraldo Faldo? Because I was skimming through Facebook and saw a post that said that, that the Cleveland Browns signed running back O.J. Simpson to a two-year deal worth $14 million. There you go, Justin Cleveland.
0: That's awesome. I was just thinking today, now that O.J.'s out, I should totally go and pitch a reality show to him, even though I'd be the most hated person in all of Hollywood.
2: Yeah, did you read the Variety article saying, don't give O.J. work?
0: Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> mean, they—they they flat out like the biggest publication in our industry was just like anybody who hires this guy is an asshole. <laughs> and not only did it's going to happen to though, that. I guarantee it. He's going to be on a reality show oh. on VH1 like tomorrow.
2: It's it's going to be the fucking I'm Your Dad, Chloe show. It is what it's going to be.
0: Oh yeah, he should get his own Kardashian spinoff. He's in that universe. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Seacrest will pay money for that now that he's back on American Idol. Hey, I don't get that. How is Ryan Seacrest able to do live with Kelly and Ryan still do his morning radio show here in L.A.? You know, a show in New York, a show in L.A. and American Idol. I don't understand. Like, how, how is that physically possible? Does he fly all the way across the country every day? uh he's a very hard-working guy i wouldn't put it past him like no he's he's like totally the gordon Ramsay of every other part of the industry that gordon Ramsay doesn't dominate but yeah like
2: like, people shit on him because he's kind of weird and goofy looking but he um he is a really hard-working dude since he was at star like he used to like people used to make fun of him for how hard he worked at star and he's He's surpassed all, this will not be interesting to anyone that's not from California listening to this right now.
0: It is interesting. I mean, honestly, like I know a lot of people in the entertainment industry, but people do not pull off what he's pulling off. And you're talking about one of his three primary jobs now being American Idol. He's gone back to it after he had a perfect out for $12 million. He's going back to it now and on his terms. He's not a producer on the show, but he gets a certain amount of creative say in who the other judges are, yeah. and somehow he's made this work for his schedule to do two episodes a week while he's doing live with Kathy and his morning radio show for three or four hours every day. Right, and crazy
2: Well that haven't listened to terrestrial radio in 50 years, like a lot of us, Ryan Seacrest, is, he took over Rick Dees' job, basically. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, uh, and it's a morning drive time show too. This is not like introduce three songs and then go home. Like they talk the whole <laughs> time. Dude, but I
2: bet I bet the old D's uh the old D's bit about like hey you want a bouquet of roses who are you giving them to and then the guy fucks up and says it's to someone he's cheating on his wife with.
3: <laughs>
2: and he still does that bit. It's just as entertaining. Uh. But yeah, dude. uh, How the fuck did we get on Ryan Seacrest?
1: I don't know. What were you gonna say, Byron? Um, I I bet he can stack it where he does the Today Show in the morning, and then he can hit the LA morning on you know, with the time zone difference. After that, I don't know how he gets out the tape unless he's going unless they only do Today Show Monday
0: to Thursday. Well and it's it's live with week. it's live with Kelly and Ryan now. It's the old yeah. Regis and Kathy Lee show, basically. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. but is that five days a week or is that four days a week? Is I that, don't watch a lot of morning talk television, so I couldn't exactly yeah. tell you, but I do know that it's another hour of programming that requires a certain amount of prep that he's doing like every day yeah, I mean, these are like all daily gigs like, the thing. it's like it's not- Byron, you know
2: justin's more of a soaps guy than a morning talk guy come on yeah.
1: totally that's, that's a valid point but it, uh, I, I do know sometimes they, they do have weeks where they're down like regular talk shows you know where they'll play repeats.
0: Well, and maybe they pre-tape a bunch of it all together. I know that the yeah. the the soup or whatever, the one that Michael Simon was doing. I was trying to get him on a cooking show I was doing a while back, and he goes there and in two days films all five episodes, and then I was able to get him later in the week when he was back because he's going back and forth between Cleveland and New York, and then I was able to get him later in the week. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure it's something like that, and maybe even the the morning radio show thing um he can probably pre-tape and if there's something super topical then they probably have to drop it in live but i don't know man it's just the guy is working like Mm -hmm. it's it's literally he's got four full-time jobs because he's also running his production company that the entire kardashian empire is under like he owns all those kardashian shows OJ, yeah. got it. OJ, yeah. OJ, yeah, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, man. OJ, Ryan Seacrest, obviously bedfellows. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. There was a ton of stuff about Lucha Underground. God, there's so much more that I would say if I gave a shit about anyone out there. But um, if you know me, like for real know me and have my phone number, call me. I'll tell you. If you just listen to the show and you really, really want to know, pay me. I might tell you. And if you're just a casual person that doesn't know what the fuck's going on and you just think that you have some right to know what's actually going on, then back to fuck you again. Yeah, Dave. Justin, where'd you get that shirt? (laughs) Uh, This is the vintage shirt that no one can get anymore, which is why when we say that we have shirts available, you should get them because this was a limited edition. This is the OG original Mass Mats and Mayhem shirt. No longer available. However, if you check uh, at Lucha Gringo, on Twitter right now, he's posted a link to the shirt that Byron is wearing yes. um, in multiple colors. You can get it in. Bl- show it again, Byron, because I just clicked on your camera. Um,
3: it in black, black, gray, red.
0: That's the black on black version, which is one of my favorites, which was kind of like a risky thing to do because sometimes black on black doesn't come out. But you can see the black chain link fence <laughs> on top of the black there. And it's got uh, the red outline. I dig that one. The the straight white one. Uh, is also pretty good, and I like the dark gray. Uh, we've sold oh, a lot red of the.
2: Looks pretty dope. I I haven't seen one made yet, but it looks
3: oh, pretty good.
0: The red on red, yeah, because yeah. then the the red part of the outline is on the red shirt. So there's one of those too, with the with the black across it. Um, and no one has one of those yet. So if you want to be a, a, a true original and support the MMM show, go follow the link that Casey posted earlier, uh, and get the red version of the shirt. Yeah, if no you want one. To support-
2: the oh, MMM it? show and the Bloods at the same time?
0: That's the <laughs> way to go. Are you saying I'm a Blood? Are you saying that my LA. LA uh-huh. mm. head? I'm not saying that I don't have some crimping affiliations. Yeah, but, what, you was, know.
2: what was the new name that
0: I gave you in the DM? I'll never say it again. You're really going to have to go back and find it, brother. I'm not saying it. <laughs> It was something hilarious and I can't remember what the <laughs> I'll never tell. Where okay. do you get the
1: athletic cut shirt that you were talking It's about? not
0: it's just the if you get the um oh. premium tee. Oh yeah, I get the premium tee. I'm not poor. I'll pay an extra dollar. So is that when you got on a premium tee? Yeah. Well, it should fit your tits a whole lot better than that. I am losing I'm getting shape. I'm losing Did weight. you get an XL or a large? I got it, an XL. I don't know, it's man. That should be a little more snug than that. Have you watched that one yet? How
3: premium
2: are we talking? Because I want one of those tri-black blends. That's I what I want. Can we get one of those?
0: No, they're the Hanes, they're the Hanes premium, but they have they like the athletic shoulder cut and everything, and they're
3: tighter. Like American yeah.
1: apparel with the tri-blends. I what? haven't watched it. Soft- it so maybe I'll fill it out. I don't know that you will, Byron. I'm going to get jacked. Looking jacked. Are you on the
2: juice? No. J- J-Man told me I was Jack too, so I think he just says that to everybody.
1: Looking real Jack, baby. For some um, reason, Booker T said that to a guy who wears a jumpsuit.
0: Pauly, I'll post the link on the MMM show page uh, as soon as we go off, which is going to be right now because we are out of things to say. Um, actually, I'm not. There's so much more I would love to talk about with Luch Underground. I'm not even kidding, but it's just we already talked Luch Underground for an hour and a half or so tonight. So... That's yeah. all you get for this week.
2: Yeah, so stay calm and get off our dicks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, come back come back. Uh, not next week because we probably won't be on. And if we are, um, I'm going to save all the good stuff for when Casey and Byron are back. Maybe I'll try to find a, a guest that I can do solo or something uh, at my leisure because my schedule's all jacked next week. Byron, Byron's schedule's jacked. Sid, Casey's bro. schedule's jacked.
2: Yeah, don't fucking do Sid when I'm on vacation. No.
0: Listen, Casey, do since we're not going to see you next week, happy birthday, old man.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I am a, I am a spry 27 years old.
0: And, uh, Don't buy that for a second. Not, a, 43. not even partially. Oh, 43. You need no, a better I'm, lie.
2: I'm actually going to be 37 years old. Uh, not this coming Saturday, but a week from Saturday. The 29th. And
0: basically Casey's going to take a a, a little trip away. We're not going to talk about, we're going to let Casey enjoy himself, not worry about wrestling work or life for a few days. Let Casey recharge and come back more smangry than ever.
2: And I also, since we won't be here, I want to say happy birthday to my birthday twin, big Papa pump, Scott Steiner.
0: How did you get a cool birthday twin? And I got fucking Byron and Justin Bieber.
2: Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. I got, I got captain Lou Albano and scott steiner but captain lou's dead so pretty soon it'll probably just be mine but you know right now it's me and scott steiner
0: lucky son of a bitch
2: yeah Ste- you know steroids fuck your heart up is what i'm saying
0: scott steiner's not on steroids oh that's
2: true he's a genetic freak hollow if you hear me hello
0: <laughs> i like i like big papa pump
2: I do, but I, I I don't like how last year I told him happy birthday. I have the same birthday, and he just liked it, and he didn't say happy birthday, twinsies.
0: Oh, Aw, <laughs> he didn't want to be birthday twinsies with you? I guess not. He just
2: accepted it and then, you know, didn't say happy birthday back. It's cool. I'm not one of those people that goes to wrestlers and says, hey, hey, fucking, um, I don't know, Leo Rush, wish me a happy birthday. It's my birthday. And then they say happy birthday because they feel obligated to because you just said, Hey dude, wish me a happy birthday. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to Leo rush or like anyone unless it's Sid. I might say, Sid, can you tell me happy birthday? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm the man, the master and the ruler of the world just for today. Cause it's my birthday.
0: I'd like Brock Lesnar to tell me happy birthday because he's just so damn mean. I feel like if I can get one of the meanest guys on the planet to tell me happy birthday, I've really accomplished something in life. That's does true. That,
2: does that would, make sense? The Undertaker telling me happy birthday because the only person I've ever seen him tell happy birthday was Vince
0: McMahon. Ha. Um, let me see. Did that work? Did I post that link the right way for, for Mr. Paulie Cross there? anyway
2: he should be looking at my twitter uh, uh,
0: it is on your twitter and i just reposted it on into the the chat there anyway okay. oh you know the other thing i never talked about is uh the brock lesnar thing that he's re-entered his usada testing period for ufc
2: or as or as j-man says his usda tester
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes because he is a piece of beef um I think that that probably means that he is going to try to fight in UFC again. I think that also means that he was probably just told he's dropping the belt at SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know who he's dropping the belt to because right now they're working the angle to be Samoa Joe uh, or Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman. And maybe maybe Vince is doing his thing of trying to let the crowd decide, which I kind of hope he does. But if that's the case, sadly, I think it's going to be Braun. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Sadly, I buy Braun beating Brock Lesnar more than I buy those other guys.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know, but God, I just kind of wanted it to be Joe. I like I liked the showing that Joe put in against him, and I think they built him up to be a guy who's credible enough to beat him, and it's fine that he didn't do it the first time. I don't know. What do you think, Byron? WWE's kind of your world. Uh,
1: I haven't watched it in a while, but I thought that they did a good – like first match between the two i think joe and lesnar is a match that people have been wanting for ever since joe entered the wwe umbrella i think i mean i think if i'm wwe i I have Braun take the belt because that's my new star i'm gonna make money off of yeah you
2: gotta strike while it's hot with him does he even have like a fucking shirt
1: but uh i don't know i don't but i know he's not finished yet so you gotta get him. You gotta get him the belt at some point. But I think Samoa Joe earned it. I think he deserves that win. And I think
0: I if- think there's more money in Joe too. Personally, I think you, there's there's you know merch and headlining opportunities for Joe that you can't get out of Braun. It's, clearly, you could get them out of Roman, but I also think that Roman doesn't need it.
2: I feel like if I was a little kid, Braun Strowman would be my favorite right now like uh because
0: he's he's fucking dope i'm gonna say that the little kids that i know would agree with you yeah he's pretty awesome you Uh, know and not necessarily that he's awesome but that the the gimmick is working like if you see little kids when i went to raw if you see little kids reactions to stroman and the fact that little kids are now booing roman yeah (laughs) is amazing and they're cheering stroman like the ambulance thing worked because it's awakening the imagination of kids who haven't seen some of those you know super strong angles yet yeah Yeah. Um, and they have to run with it too because the the mark henry strongman thing only goes so far as we know no because you know
2: mark henry was a strong man but he never really had that edge to him until he became a heel like way later right exactly But Strowman, they're booking him like the hulk he gets mad and he fucking smashes stuff it's pretty cool
1: he flipped an ambulance. He's been over ever since then.
2: Yeah, and then he goes in an ambulance that gets smashed to shit, and he's fine the next week. It's like, <laughs> fuck yeah.
0: I, it's, it is definitely working. So, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm going to recant now. You guys have convinced me that Braun Strowman would be a good candidate to take the belt off of Brock Lesnar. I still kind of want it to be Joe, but I, I'm definitely feeling, feeling the strength of, of the point that you guys have made.
2: And also, if I was a little kid, I'd fucking hate Roman Reigns for beating The Undertaker, which I do as an adult. So, Mm. you know, hey.
0: And Byron, the reason I will tell you not to watch WWE is because if they do one more segment with Tamina, uh, Natty, uh, Becky, Charlotte, and uh, whatever, that whole segment where they all stand around and they try to – trade jabs back and forth and it's just they none of them can cut a promo yeah, to save coming, their lives. Justin,
2: have you seen the comic-con announcement that they're doing kind of like barbie style diva dolls now oh. oh yeah that's cool yeah um they, you know because you know how like mattel does like the the dc superhero girls that are kind of like they kind of look like monster high style but they're superheroes they're doing it with the WWE girls, so they it's like the Bellas and uh Sasha Banks, Natty for some reason. Uh, and uh somebody else. Uh I don't think Charlotte or Bailey, actually. Interesting. Um, but yeah, the reason I saw it is because Taya was congratulating them on getting that deal, actually. But, <laughs> yeah
0: because oh, uh, Ty is now our source for all things comic SDCC. Cause Vampiro apparently uh, did Vampiro even go after all of that. He, did.
3: Yeah, he was there.
0: Oh yeah. yeah you, you guys say that he was there. Cause Mundo pointed him out.
2: <laughs> no. And, um, uh, I saw it, and he got a couple of sub tweets his way by, by, uh, Ty saying he's, he's posting this picture of a girl, like a gif of a girl, like all grossed out saying, when you see that person at comic con, so you know who she meant.
0: Yeah. Well, look for Taya. I, I I feel like she's one of the winners of the week. This week is the revolution of kings and queens, and uh, I feel like Ray is a big winner this week. And I feel like Taya is the other big winner. As much as she got screwed at AAA, if there's a place where you're gonna get screwed, that's probably a place where it's okay. And uh, and honestly, I hope Mundo doesn't. Uh, doesn't go full dickhead because of it like i think mundo should stay in triple a even though ty got screwed like do work man do do your business you have three fucking belts there she got screwed not you <laughs> don't 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 take business personally and don't don't fucking go off the deep end over it like i think he should do business take the high road make them look bad
3: i Maybe think, i'm crazy i but. think he should
2: piss and shit on the belts and then send them back
0: and uh, hopefully Mundo's watching the show tonight. I'm sure he probably didn't get this far, but he he seemed to like the posting about it. So hopefully he listens and Taya listens and hopefully they uh, can confirm or deny anything that we've said here.
2: Yeah, and, and then Mundo will be like, this, these guys are dicks. They just said that my fiance should leave me for fucking Sid.
0: Ah, you said that. Not these guys. What is this these guys stuff? That was all yeah, you. You guys seem like you agreed pretty hard. So I don't agree to anything, damn it i agree to nothing i think your exact
2: words were i wish i was a woman so i could marry sid and uh, and i said justin it can be arranged there's all kinds of like medical breakthroughs and you said i'll check on it no
0: nope, that's not no nope. really? i don't think i don't think i would have said that it's more it's more likely that i would have said um put me in a Taya johnny sandwich than to have said what you just said
3: uh well
2: that means you're in the middle um, I guess that's <laughs> what you're facing
0: uh, nice. No, but see, I didn't say that either I'm not implying that Oh, I give up What time zone are you in these days, Justin? Uh, this, this week, time. I am in the Pacific time zone Next week, I will be in the Central time zone And the following week after that I will be in the Eastern time zone Oh, you're going to be in the Eastern time zone? Yeah, I'll be in Cleveland the week after oh, oh. Hey, you look. Maybe like I'll that. do the podcast live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
2: You look like that British dude that won the fucking uh, belt with the lion on it, Byron.
1: Oh, Pete Dunn. Yeah, mm, I don't know how. Oh, I his teeth. About that. His teeth are a little bit better than that. I don't know if I like that you said that because Byron
2: has like natural bleaching, if you know what I mean, on his teeth. You
4: know?
0: So I don't know if that goo can be considered bleaching.
2: Oh well. Depends. Have, have you been taking your Lucha Loco pills? Uh, official sponsor of the MMM show, Lucha Loco
0: Boner Pills. Uh, John Jones approves. And in fact, I have been taking mine. So I was able to get way past the teeth and all the way down the throat.
2: Oh, so you missed the teeth altogether.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I roll a little bit deeper than that. I mean, I didn't mean to say that. That's gross. I roll a little bit harder than that. I've been taking
2: mine, and I just want to say that my avatar is actually a picture of Byron's butthole when I was done with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> why terrible? Why? Why would you be concerned with with that part of my body, Casey?
0: This is yeah. really, you know, guys. That this is really just a test to see if anybody actually listens this far into the show. If you listen this far into the show, please tweet at us what you think about this part of our conversation.
3: Like, what, i are gonna say
2: talks- it's the best part.
0: It always is. Every Casey Dick joke that has ever been made on this show is the best part of whatever episode it was made in. Everybody knows that.
2: Fucking Cubs fan never recaps that shit. Ever.
0: Yeah. I don't know if he can. I mean, he might get banned off of his server. Maybe he could do it on Twitter, but not on his own page. So it's one AM over here. I gotta go to sleep. We all gotta go to bed, Byron. Here this is how we do this. For for at Byron Fever for at Lucha Gringo, I am at Justin Harvey 75. Until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Hey, I'm our dicks. Son
4: of a bitch. Stay in the mix.
0: Asshole.
4: I'm tired of being what you want me to be. Feeling so faithless, lost under the surface. you're expecting of me, but under the pressure of walking in your shoes.